I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. Lay your weary head to rest. That's Matt Damon. Don't you cry no more. And this is Monster of the Week, a creepy but necessary podcast based on the TV show Supernatural. And we are back again this week to discuss... More episodes in season two. How are More you today, episodes. Chris? I'm good. How are you, Jeremy? I'm doing good. <laughs> I don't know if I've told you about this recently, but uh, like every week or so, maybe like every two weeks, a Sunday night, getting ready for bed, weekend's over, I find myself in this weird hole on YouTube where I just start watching interviews of Jared and Jensen talking about like fun things. Okay. And I realize that I am now the fangirl that I have forever shamed. Yes, uh, I've just become the thing that I hate. What are so, you? Are you? Are you like? Are they like con interviews? Like, are you? At, are they at conventions and yeah. stuff? Okay. Yeah. The, the most recent uh, one I went down was was con interviews about like the day that Jared and Jensen first met, or like fun pranks they play on set. Can you and, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the day that Jensen and <laughs> Jared met, so met on set? They were both they were both the first, uh, or they were both the only people to be called to some casting thing. They both went there expecting to see like everybody that they'd ever met uh, while acting in LA or whatever. And, uh, or <laughs> they, I don't know if they were in LA, it doesn't matter, but uh, it was basically, it was just that the two of them had been called into for uh, Sam and Dean respectively. And uh, the rest was history. I didn't really want to get serious about this. I was just talking about the disease that is, supernatural videos on youtube oh no i wanted like i had never heard it so like if you're gonna mention <laughs> oh yeah they just like immediately became friends and oh that's good that's really nice and then they both got their jobs as sam and dean and yeah god I just think if they hadn't met that day one of them could be arrow right now instead of sam or dean <laughs> <laughs> just just imagine a world where dean is playing sam and uh what's his name i don't remember that dude that act, that, dude, that actor's name but the guy from arrow is playing dean that would be very weird. It would Did be that a guy weird. Go out for supernatural? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I, unlike you, I spend my Sunday evenings reading poetry and uh, drinking a soft, soft, uh, you know, aged brandy, and not oh, watching right? YouTube videos of Sam and Dean online. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. This is the life I live now. Also, I don't. Uh, I don't think you're supposed to call brandy soft. So <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Definitely, from I definitely don't drink a lot of brandy. So. So, Jeremy, would you like to hit us with that road so far? Sure. Um, well, real quick, let's 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 kind of. I mean, I'm Jeremy. You're Chris. We're going to be covering three episodes today, right? Season two, episode eighteen, which is Hollywood Babylon. We're going to be covering uh, Folsom City Pr- Blues and What Is and What Never Should Be. Three great episodes, I think. Like yeah. we've got a you know Eric Kripke is coming down off the mountain to direct an episode. <laughs> ben Edlin is recording an or directing an episode. So. I think we got some we got some good stuff ahead of us so far. Definitely. But so far this season, um, the Winchesters are on the run for the FBI for various crimes, mail fraud, grave desecration, and murder. They're also on the hunt for any information on the yellow-eyed demon that killed their mom, dad, and presumably their family dog. That family dog thing isn't mentioned in the show ever, but it's kind of like my headcanon. Like, I just kind of yeah. think that the Winchesters have a dog that's just not You gotta have headcanon. Yeah. You have to. 
it's like that Tumblr we stumbled on where the uh, someone's writing fan fiction of uh, of a Winchester sister, and she writes it from the perspective of like she rewrites every episode with the with the character added. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> it's apparently really popular on Tumblr, which you might imagine like that that kind of self insertion thing probably really yeah. works. So. I guess that's probably fun. My headcanon is just that Dean cut Sam's hair. You think that's Man, do you think That's Dean has taken hair. the requisite 1600 cosmetology hours in order to get a license so he could specifically at, so he could cut Sam's hair? At this point, yeah. I just <laughs> imagine he's really good at it. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Like he probably didn't have to take the 1600 hour course, he could just test out, right? Cuz he's been yeah. cutting Sam's hair yeah. for so long. And I feel like there's been there's definitely been points in their in their lives where Dean has encouraged Sam to grow it out like like he's in a hair metal band. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's, you know, Dean loves rock and roll. Uh, but Sam is usually the one who ends up talking him into doing it. So he's just gotten really good at it. And you can't tell me that I'm wrong. Cause it's headcanon. It's headcanon and headcanon can never be wrong. That's right. Why don't you hit us with the, uh, season or excuse me, with the episode synopsis. And again, once again, thank you, Steven, for continuing to provide these, uh, episode synopsis <laughs> yes. for us. All right. Episode 18 is Hollywood Babylon. Uh, more like Hollywood hunks. Am I right? What? Um, Original air date was April 19th, 2007. So a filmmaker fakes a supernatural soundstage death to create online buzz for his in-production horror flick. But the second the hunks... What? But the second hunk is all too real. <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> that one just threw me off. I got I you on that one. I got you. All too real. <laughs> the second so, death is all too real. Yeah. This is one of the more uh, fun episodes we've had. Like... You can tell that the writers and the crew and everybody who made this episode probably had a lot of fun with it because it is so referential. Uh, and it's not necessarily wall breaking. I mean, it is here and there, um, like fourth wall breaking, but it uh, it's referencing so many real life things that you can tell that they that they just had a blast with this. Yeah, it's it's. I don't think it necessarily breaks the fourth wall, but it definitely like winks at us a couple of times. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like we're gonna get. Like a characters named McG show up, <laughs> like yeah. like we get we get like some full on like actual people in this, which is pretty hilarious. Uh, I, I love love. Well, let's talk about the cold open first because they yeah. they treat us to a um, kind of a, what we would describe as a typical cold open, but there's something about it that feels a little cheap cheaper than usual. We have a like a lady coming, a woman walking out of this cabin in the woods. Um, she has a friend rush over and say, they're all dead. They're all dead. And the acting, like even by it's supernatural so standards is really bad. Yeah. It's good. Bad. That's what we keep saying. It's so good that it's, uh, or it's so bad that it's good. Um, bad, good, I guess it's not good, bad. It's bad, good. It's different. Um, but I wrote down the line that she says because her friend runs up to her and then like runs away after. And she's like, Brody, Brody, get back here. God, you son of a bitch. It's just this, <laughs> Terrible, terrible delivery. Line. It is so good. Like it's such. It's a perfectly done terrible delivery by the actress um, in the actual episode, not the actress in the fake movie. <laughs> because yeah, it turns out it's a fake movie. It's a fake movie. We get like some POV of like a monster stalking her, and then uh, it, the camera rushes to her face, and she screams, and like she kind of just kind of like just fades out. out. Yeah, yeah. she's just. It's just not a good. It's not a good scream. And uh, of course, then that's when we get the big cut. And it's all been a fake movie this entire time. Um, and we get this kind of creepy janitor spreading like some rumors about, oh, yeah, you know, there's totally, you know, this place is haunted. There was a ghost or blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, um, 
And then, <laughs> I like this because she's like going backstage to practice her screaming. And then she looks up and she sees what looks like an actual ghost and then just fucking kills it. And then they, <laughs> they cut back over to the director and he's like, now that's what I'm talking about. Like in a real, <laughs> the douchey Hollywood guys in this are just really douchey, They're really right, Hollywood. Right. And I love it. Like, it's so great. So that's our cold open. It's a, you know another twist. I love when they do do a twist on the cold open. Whether it's Ava having the vision rather than Sam, um, or it's Gordon hunting somebody rather than um, you know a person being hunted by a monster. And this one, it's a fake movie rather than an episode, or rather than a cold open to an actual thing. Um, but then they so they cut to Sam and Dean sitting on one of those little what golf carts driving through a Hollywood set or what is supposed to be a Hollywood set. Uh, and my first thought watching this is just like, how the fuck did they end up here? <laughs> what are they <laughs> what, doing? What? How did they get onto the set? Like, I know that they could literally just like they can just make IDs up or whatever. But like, how did these dudes get on the set? What did they say? Who did they con to be able to go on this like? tour of all of this stuff and um i love the moment where they're gonna where they where the tour guide says like they're gonna go to the gilmore girl set and sam gets super really super upset about it and he's like we gotta go we get out of here (laughs) it just cuts to jared's face who's like looking around all uncomfortable because for those who don't know uh jared padalecki plays a character named dean on the gilmore girls so uh it was a fun little like reference to that yeah, I don't. Um, when I first watched this, I had no no concept of the Gilmore Girls or like these these dudes' history. Like I was just watching the show. Like I had no mm-hmm. idea who these who these hunks were. Uh, <laughs> so it's it was it's fun going back and seeing like all of the kind of nods and winks that they do to those previous shows. Like it's, yeah, it's it stuff. seems like it's a pretty fun production set that these these guys have. So yeah, I like these episodes that reinforce that the boys, well, not the boys, like the real men who play the who play the boys, seem like they have like the funnest jobs ever. They really do. Like the only thing, because uh, I, I follow these dudes on Twitter for a while. I think I eventually unfollowed them. Um, but like, I follow these dudes on Twitter, and like, it seems like they're having a great life all the time, except when they have to fly from Vancouver to LA, and then it's nothing but like a string of them adding U.S. Airways and just being to the shittiest people imaginable. <laughs> Which I imagine if, if people like that probably paid a lot of money for tickets and fly that, you know, at least several times a month for whatever reason. Like, I'm sure that's you know, it probably gets kind of aggravating. So. Yeah. My um, so they they take off, and uh, we we immediately see that Dean is absolutely in love with this. Like he is, he's mentioned before that he wants to go to Hollywood and bang Lindsay Lohan. Like he's, I think he's mentioned he's made two Hollywood jokes about like escaping off to Hollywood, and uh, they just really lean into it here. He is like a kid in a candy shop about this. Seriously. One of my favorite lines is as they're walking around, uh, Tina's like, hey, Sam, that's Matt Damon. And Sam is like, well, Matt Damon just picked up a, a broom and yeah. started sweeping. <laughs> so good. All of the one-liners here are just... I just, man, they, they cracked me up. The, um, when he, when Sam started talking about the weather, he's like, you know, it's not, you know, it's not bright and sunshiny out here, Dean. It's not like Hollywood weather. It's practically Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Guys, really? Wink, nudge, wink. <laughs> this is really good so, though. I, I like this whole, this whole setup so far. Yeah. There's only, there's almost too many like fun one-liners to like keep up with in this episode. Cause it's such a constant, uh, reference to something or comment on something because it's not, I mean, and it works within the fiction of the, the show as well, because it's not the boys usual environment. They're not usually on a Hollywood set. And Sam seems to be relatively unaffected by it all because he's fucking crazy Sam Winchester. But Dean, as we start to learn is, and we, we have been learning all season just here or there when he uh, does a bad impression of somebody like Dean loves pop culture. 
I guess. It seems like he's oblivious to a lot of it, but like the dude loves movies and it seems like he's probably spent a lot of time in hotel rooms at night just watching movies by himself. Yeah, he definitely has like the the bad movie thing. Like he just he just seems like he consumes all of this and loves it a whole lot. Yeah. Um like immediately we, we get to like all of this stuff about this movie Poltergeist and he kind of chides uh Sam for not knowing his heritage because he doesn't know about like some shit that went down on the set of Poltergeist, which like Yes, yes, yes. It's such a weird uh it's such a weird brag of like Dean hasn't really studied this stuff a whole lot like Sam has. Like Sam's usually the walking encyclopedia when it comes to supernatural ins and outs. Uh, but Dean, all of a sudden, it like knows every bad thing that possibly could. like he mentions it's uh, three men and a baby thing later on in this episode yeah. that just sounds ridiculous of like some kid on set <laughs> that committed suicide. Like I had to go look it up, and it's apparently it's been debunked now. So you know, yeah. sorry, three men and a baby fans, but like it's just I, such I hate a weird. How much that I knew about what Dean was talking about. <laughs> So it's just a I, weird I, I pocket remember, of knowledge. I just, I was telling you, I, I wanted to look something else up for this episode, and it was the Poltergeist curse. I just remembered, so I just pulled it up really quickly. Um, for those who don't know about the Poltergeist curse, it is a rumored curse attached to the Poltergeist trilogy, like the movies and its crew, derived from the death. I'm reading this, by the way, in case you can't tell. <laughs> yeah, we he, he opened up Dad's the, journals for for everybody yeah, out there. Dad made a fucking note about the Poltergeist movie. Um, okay, so this is derived from the deaths of two young cast members in the six years between the release of the first and the third films. The rumor is often fueled by an allegation that real skeletons were used as props in various scenes uh, of Poltergeist and Poltergeist 2. Um, and the rumor and the surrounding deaths were explored in a 2002 episode of E! True Hollywood Story. I'm just reading that because whatever. So uh, basically a bunch of people died during the making uh, of the of Poltergeist or in the time after it. And people think that uh, the set was haunted. So... That wasn't as fulfilling as I thought it was going to be when I brought it up, but there you go. Didn't we? What was? What episode was it on where we we had to like think about some people buying human skeletons, like that they were just buying? Like Sam and Dean ran across like this weird network of people we were, buying skeletons. It was. Uh, we were talking about H. H. Holmes because he yes. sell. Yeah, because he was selling the bodies. So do you think some of the Poltergeist crew like picked a couple out from H. H. Holmes? It was like, well, this would be perfect for our movie set. <laughs> I'm sure that the timelines match up. And I'm oh, yeah, 100%, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe like H.H. Uh, H. Holmes Jr., right? Like, trying to get rid of all of his dad's weird-ass shit. Yes. <laughs> no, we don't need fact-checking on that. I'm positive you're right. Send corrections to Stephen at monsteroftheweek.cool. <laughs> uh, so... We we get to the, on set basically, and uh, we see like this. Boys are just pretending to be PA suddenly. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I, I love this moment. It. We get uh, Gary Cole is in an episode, which like props to Gary Cole for doing this shitty supernatural episode. Like the dude's got <laughs> got a pretty decent career, but like props to him. Uh, but he's like giving the director and the uh, I guess the executive producer like some shit about like can you just make the can you make it a little bit brighter? Can you put some colors in it? And they're like it's a horror movie. He's like well not all horror movies are dark, man. Uh, but then he sees Dean, Gary Cole does, and says, hey, you go get me a smoothie. And Dean's like, excuse me? <laughs> and so that that is the origin story of Dean, who is going to go on to become the greatest personal assistant that has ever lived. <laughs> he just we, he, Dean thrives in a way that we have never seen Dean before. <laughs> it's truly remarkable that you would think that somebody telling Dean to go get them coffee would lead to Dean punching that guy in the face. But he, for some reason, just soaks all this up and fucking loves it 
and 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 I don't think it's a spoiler alert. Like later, we're going to cover an episode later where we get a glimpse into uh, what Dean's ideal life is. You know, where he's not mm-hmm. actually a hunter in real life, like where he's got a different job. And uh, I was fully one hundred respecting it to be right back into this episode where he's just a PA for a living because that would have it, been really it, funny. <laughs> he's just, I mean, he he like throughout the episode, we're going to see him like eventually. It, the way it builds is so hilarious. Like it starts with like him delivering smoothies. He gets really addicted to the uh, like. The, the catering stuff, like all the food. He's really into that. The mini cheesesteaks that he keeps freaking out about and shoving <laughs> in his mouth. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, they're so good. Like as his mouth is full. Yeah. Um, and eventually he starts having like, he gets the mic, he gets the headset. Like he has like a little tool belt like around him that's yeah. with, with like some stuff that he'll need. And he's answering stuff online. Like he's got a 20 on the main actress. Uh, it's just like, it's every time it happens, every time Sam's trying to talk to him and he like holds his finger up to talk into the mic about a production thing. It's just, just the fucking <laughs> best. This but joke this is, works for me on a, just every single time. Every, it gets funnier the more they do it. It really does. This is, this is where they start actually investigating uh, the murder because they, they heard about the rumors as well um, that were supposed to like drum up publicity. Well, Sam and Dean, they happen to be in the area, I guess. Uh, so this is as good a reason as any to show up. Um, but Dean, he on set shoving mini Philly uh, cheesesteaks into his mouth. Suddenly he sees the lead actress, uh, whose name escapes me though. I did write it down. Tara. Uh, but he sees this Tara. He sees her and realizes that he knows her from all these other movies. He's a big fan of her. So Dean has his little like fanboy moment. Um, so he goes up to talk to her and she's obviously just wrapped by his, his, his beauty. But this is where like the case starts to, get the ball rolling or whatever they find out um that it was the janitor who was found hung or something like that after talking about ghosts and she happens to tara happens to have a picture of him yeah i, I, I kind of skipped over that fact she sees a ghost when she was practicing in our cold open and then she sees the dead body of the janitor mm-hmm. like all all mangled so that that was my fault i forgot to forgot to mention the death <laughs> that they're sure, investigating I, 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 <laughs> All this talk about like how we're going to be like a little bit better about you know going through these episodes and whoops forgot to mention the dead body. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's she's got pictures of him because she creepily takes pictures of everybody on the set. She has like a little pull. Apparently, this is a reference to the fact that Jensen does that. Yeah, which also Jensen. That's I mean, I guess I don't know. Like if you're just if you're just a dude who work whose job it is to work on these shows, like do you think this like camaraderie that Dean and and or excuse me that Jared and Jensen have, which probably just comes off as really fucking annoying sometimes. Like I'm just just get the scene done. We don't have to make a dumb like joke. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Misha, Misha, stop it. I'm just trying. To, I'm this. I'm just the sound guy. Stop it. Like it's <laughs> from what I gather, it's mostly just Jared fucking everything up. Good. Okay. Good. That makes me happy because yeah. yeah, for some reason, like I, I, I'm not going to get into it right now. We'll, we'll talk about it later. But um, <laughs> but yeah, but she had, so she shows him this picture, and Dean fucking recognizes the guy, and he's like. <laughs> That's, that's no janitor. That's this random bit extra actor who I've seen in this, this, and this. Because Dean is for some reason like a crazy fan of all these really uh, like B tier movies. I, lo- I love this mental picture that you've created of uh, Dean like staying up in, in shitty hotel rooms and watching like probably whatever is on the TV. Which because he's not going to get to see like the good big no. He's, he's not going to go to the here. movie theater. That's not Dean Winchester, no. right? So he's going to watch those shitty movies that get licensed to run on TV at night. Yeah, like I remember being a kid and uh, like staying up real late and like on the on USA was the Toxic Avenger and shit like that, right? Like yeah. that's just some really terrible like cable movie, you know, style stuff or renting like bad VHS tapes just because the mm-hmm. cover looked weird. 
Which, yeah, he knows this guy from uh, Tremors 2, which I, sh- I meant to go look up and see if this dude was actually in Tremors 2 and forgot, so I'm just going to assume I know, I kind of wanted to know if all of these references were real, but that yeah. would have taken some extra work. Yeah, and I'm not, you know, we're not doing not putting any extra work on this podcast. Sorry, listeners. But um, this is where they find out that the death was staged for publicity because they go and they find this actor. They track mm-hmm. him down, I guess, uh, and find out that, yeah, he was hired to be on set that day and then to stage a death so that the movie would get publicity. And <laughs> Dean, for some reason, is able to recognize this guy again. And they have their like awkward little exchange uh, and head back to set. Well, I like this part too because this uh, this this janitor guy doesn't looks totally different. By the way, like he's got like yep. a totally different hairstyle and he's like in his L.A. clothes and everything. But um, towards the end of this conversation, he's like, "Well, you know, I'm also in a in a stage production of Death of a Salesman, and you guys should really check it out. I play so and so." And I think it's either yeah. Dean or Sam that's like, "Don't you think if you just faked your own death, you shouldn't be in public? Like, wouldn't people recognize you?" And he's like, "Oh no, it's a totally different character." <laughs> like, yeah. oh, okay, good. Okay. <laughs> My girlfriend wanted me to note how ugly this guy's shirt was. This guy's shirt is super ugly. Um, it's a very loud Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, we, we haven't mentioned it, but uh, we keep getting like we keep getting scenes of them actually filming this fake movie, Hell Blazers yes. Two. Um, <laughs> which, oh man, is so good. I actually had it listed as Hell Blazers. I really wanted it to be Hell Blazers, Chris. I don't know why, <laughs> but it's Hell Blazers Two, and um, this it's is like hazers. a tip. Is it <laughs> hazers? Yeah, like they're hazing people. Yeah, okay, sure. Uh, (laughs) I think it is. I got it wrong so many times. I don't even know what's right anymore. (laughs) I'm Googling it. Can't trust Jeremy's notes. (laughs) I spelled the word Henriksen about four different ways in the next episode, so you know, prepare for that. It is indeed Hellhazers. Hellhazers, too. Um, yeah. If you Google it, you can find the official trailer for it. <laughs> one of my, oh, excellent. Because the trailer is in the uh, the episode. And honestly, yeah. based on that trailer, I would probably watch this movie. Like, this as a yeah, shitty I'd horror movie watch fan. This terrible movie. <laughs> the boys are still hanging around because I think they're getting ready to leave. But that's when they hear about an actual death that is happening on set. That's what draws them back. But t- let's talk about the Hellhazers. Well, I do want to. Because there's one moment. <laughs> There's a moment in the filming where, um, like, they're saying something about like they're chant, they're doing this ritual, right? They're doing this summoning ritual, mm-hmm. and uh, I want, I think it's the producer guy, I think it's Gary Cole that's is like, I don't understand this. This doesn't make any sense. And the guy playing McG is like rolling his eyes, and he's like, What do you mean? He's like, Well, if they're chanting here, how do they hear it in hell? Do they have it? In- <laughs> do they have super hearing? <laughs> and the director uh, looks over to the writer, and the writer is like, Don't worry, I'll put in an explainer. And so like. <laughs> A little bit later, right after the scene with this janitor, uh, we see the scene performed again, and this time they're doing the summoning, and and one of the teenage girls asks, how are they going to hear us all the way down in hell? And one of the guys answers, I guess they have super hearing. It's the most like bandaged, shitty rewrite thing ever, and it's amazing. I love it so much. It makes me wonder how much of that shit happens with Supernatural. Like, if this is sort of like a a middle finger to the producers who have probably like nitpicked the hell out of this show. I can but see it also that. Seems like, I can so see loving the, that. Yeah. I can like, see, I can see them poking fun at this, right? Like, of, of, like having these notes from the, uh, from the studio or whatever. So they, they, <laughs> this is where the dude, um, I can't remember who does it, but he drops in dead from the ceiling. Um, 
Is this? Oh no no no! I'm sorry. So our producer guy. This is the step we're forgetting. After we meet with the janitor guy or the pretend janitor guy, we go back. We see this scene with the explainer, and then the producer guy is walking back, walking you know behind stage, and he sees this like what we immediately know is a ghost, all in black and white with her throat cut, and he thinks is an actress with the that's being you know done up with makeup. Yeah, and uh, he he's just treating her like an actress. So when she you know drops her clothes and walks into the trailer, he's like, okay. And then, of course, the next scene that we yeah. see is him dropping through the roof, and he's dead. So, yeah. Uh-oh. And this one's real. And uh, this is where we see Dean, like, has really adopted his persona of the PA. So when Sam comes back trying to have done doing some research, and Dean, he's like, how are we doing, Dean? And he's like, we're actually, we're doing really well. We've got a couple of scenes ahead of time, and, like, we might be finished on time today. <laughs> Like he's just, <laughs> just leans into it so hard. But um, they are able to obviously they they got the death on camera because as you were saying, the producer after he goes off with the ghost, we don't know what happens. Uh, but then he comes crashing through the top of the set, having been hung or seemingly hung himself. Um, and because they were filming the scene at the time, they they caught it on camera. And I think I assume this is what Sam's doing while he's sitting off in some somebody's trailer, uh, just going slowly through all the footage. And he finds that you can see like a still frame of a woman's face, I believe. And I think they take that and do something with it. There's just so many things going on. It's kind of hard to not f- to, or to focus on any of it when you have Dean being Dean in this episode because he just steals the show the entire time. He does, man. He does every single t- every single. I just love PA Dean so much. Like, he's, yeah, I just I don't care animal. about the case. Because- I don't. <laughs> And um, also, is what's good is any time that they turn Sam into like a, a like a ruffled, you know, like he's just so flustered by this whole situation. He's like, yeah. Dean, we, we, we got a case. <laughs> like he's just so flustered and um, just flabbergasted that Dean is adopting this persona so much, and I, it's just so good. There's also a line somewhere along here about uh, why would a ghost be scared of salt, <laughs> which is fun. Oh yeah, that's again like they have a. I think the the our main actress Tara like stops in the middle of a read and is like, "Why would they be afraid of salt?" And, and uh, one of the writers is like, "We could put in a shotgun." And he's like, "Shotguns make even less sense than salt." <laughs> I think he says something along the lines like, "Do you want to stick with condiments?" Like, <laughs> yeah, or is, is like mustard okay? Do we about pepper? Uh, I love this episode so much, Chris. Like it's just such a delight. Like I want to go watch it again immediately, even though I just watched yeah, it last night. Um, so yeah, they've got they've they've got some EMF off the uh, uh, the audio recording, and then they get some dailies, uh, and then they go into the nicest trailer on the lot. Like, yeah. is this a is this a meta joke that Dean and Sam have great trailers in like the actual show? You think? I think I, it's got to be one of their trailers because <laughs> otherwise it's just really weird that they're walking into this super nice trailer and like w- using the flat screen TV to watch these dailies. It's yeah. hilarious. But this is where they they are able to see the face of the ghost in the background, and they're able to identify her as a woman named Elise Drummond, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam is able did. to recognize her because, yeah. of course, he's an old Dean black is at, and white Dean movie is at nerd. work. Because yeah. <laughs> Dean's working for a living. <laughs> um, and so once they've located uh, – or once they've figured out, figured out her identity, uh, they are able to locate where she's buried, which is in some celebrity cemetery nearby. And, of course, the boys go and do uh, what they – are best at and that's digging up graves grave desecration i love that they Dean has perfect a... graves They're by the way perfect graves why do they why do they dig such perfect rectangles What's i mean it's it's there? really weird it's almost like they have a machine that could remove a large amount of dirt at one time <laughs> yeah uh Talk about supernatural so, yeah these supernatural grave diggers right here oh, um, 
the uh there used to be a hip-hop group called the grave diggers did you ever did you ever heard I, yeah i know yes yes okay <laughs> I'm anyway. um i like that dean bought the map to the uh stars graves by the way like that's a classic dean yeah. move too <laughs> like yeah. he's walking around he's like guess who's buried here uh we finally get our trailer for hellhazers 2 and i mentioned this earlier uh is that is that on YouTube? Did you find a link it to is. that? It okay. is. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and make notes. sure that we have a, a link to that in the show notes because again, I would watch this episode. <clears throat> it's so funny. This episode, I would definitely watch this movie. Don't hold your breath, or you'll die of oxygen starvation. What? Oh my God. <laughs> that's a great tagline. Uh, that's good stuff. <laughs> I'm thinking the link now. Sorry. But they uh, they think that this is all done, and and instead, what we see is a uh, our producer guy, um, not the not the network exec, not Gary Cole, who has already been dead. This is the other producer guy that's been working with the director. He's like walking around, um, <clears throat> and then he sees a dude with like a super fucked up face, like it's, it's all like torn the hell back. Yeah, and uh, like the dude just like throws him into a giant fan. <laughs> Yeah, do get sucked into a huge jacket, like, and we get like there's the conveniently placed white sheet that was there probably for lighting that gets like splattered with all the blood chunks. So that's yeah. it's good stuff. That's some Jess, good gore. Watching it with Jess last night, she just says like, "Yep, well that that thing is getting covered in blood." Like the second that it, the thing was in view, and I was like, "Yeah, I mean you're right. I know you're right." <laughs> My notes on this were so blase. I just wrote another producer gets ice uh, sucked into fan by ghosts sucked into fan by ghost yep that sounds about accurate (laughs) you you see like like a a newspaper headline man man age 67 sucked into fan by ghosts yeah that's what i want to read my obit i want want my obit to read exactly that (laughs) jeremy age 37 sucked into fan by ghost (laughs) um he is survived by four podcasts (laughs) anyway So Sam goes back and he's watching apparently another six hours uh, of th- these uh, dailies footage or whatever. <laughs> Maybe and- the ghosts are mad because this movie is bad. <laughs> That's yeah, what I he read. Says. <laughs> Maybe the ghosts are trying to shut down the movie because they think it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but while going through all this footage, because he's looking for more ghost footage, but while going through it, he's listening to them like do their lines or whatever and suddenly sam realizes that they're using like actual necromantic summoning rituals for this super shit tier movie they like got the details correct <laughs> that's this is when they go to um confront the writer right this is where they decide to go find yeah. out like um who wrote this movie and they realize very quickly that the writer that's on set isn't the actual writer like he's the script doctor that was brought in to make this a movie he says the original script guy just had a, like a mess with no exposition i think he even <laughs> says like there was no chicks or something like it's pretty yeah. it's their, pretty bad their conversation with the like he seems like he's like the rewrite guy uh yeah. he's given a weird script and then he, he makes it into uh a movie uh, but mm-hmm. their conversation with him is so good because they clearly especially sam thinks the movie is so stupid and he has to come and compliment this dude who's like thank you like i really appreciate that i'm a big fan of my work too <laughs> Yeah, this guy is such a. I mean, again, all of the Hollywood douchebags in this in this are are really excellent. Like this is this is all awesome. Uh, we didn't we we missed two things. We missed McGee's speech to the uh to the to the crew where he's like, you know, we're gonna take the day off, but what these guys that have died really want would be to finish this movie. <laughs> Just not today though. Everybody take the day off. We're t- someone will call you. <laughs> 
And then um, when they go to meet the the script doctor guy, we we see your old friend, the racist truck, who was in a movie called Monster Truck. Yeah, <laughs> I never, a- I didn't even realize that. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, I, have another- that, I have that poster in my own room at home, so I just, I, I yeah, kinda, you just kind of skimmed it. right over. It. Yeah, this makes a lot yeah. more sense and why you were so sensitive about the racist truck now. So I, I get <laughs> visual that. information that I'm yeah. already used to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, Meanwhile, but they figure out that it was this other fellow. Who, yeah, who this other the, this dude weird. originally wrote it, and uh, before they get a chance to confront the original writer, the this dude I don't remember his name. Walter his, um, is this the guy? The no, it's the script doctor whose name is actual like uh, something Flag, right? Yeah, Martin Flag, which has definitely got to yeah. be a, a Dark Tower reference. Um, yeah, they're making some references to the Dark Tower here, but but uh, he this Walter guy confronts the script doctor and starts chanting at him and a ghost pops out. And I thought this was pretty funny because they do the same trick. Like there's a ghost and he's going to get sucked into another fan. And I was like, really typical Hollywood. They can't afford a second, a, a third type of kill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just repeating themselves already. Fortunately, Dean comes in with a shotgun, shoots the ghost. And like, there's this moment and I know they're doing it on purpose, but it still works for me. Like they do like the, the classic like action movie pose where he's like standing over and kind of looking out like three quarter view yeah. into the, into the camera. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And they have this great staged moment where they can't see the ghosts because they're invisible ghosts. So they can't shoot at them. And it's one of the dudes uh, or Sam pulls out his uh, sponsored Verizon smartphone uh, and decides that they're going to use that as a way to see the ghost because they can't see them with their naked eyes for some reason, even though we could just a minute ago. Uh, but they seem to be able to pick them up on camera. Uh, so Dean has the shitty writer guy hold the camera up to be able to see the ghost while he fends them off. And Sam goes to uh, beat up the other nerd, I guess. Yeah, yeah. This dude has summoned like four ghosts to attack to, to attack our boys, and uh, while Dean is mowing them down, uh, Sam goes to confront them. And Walter does the dumbest thing possible, which is literally just throw his little amulet down that he's been using to control all these ghosts. Yeah. And like Sam is like, like I no, would not have. have... It. <laughs> yeah, like he's such a little like she's a nerd. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you as you might imagine, as we learned in the Reaper episode from season one, like if you break the thing that you're using to control these things with, like they're going to turn on you, and that's exactly what happens and um i love the scene of the script doctor and dean like holding the camera because all you all you see is like him being invisibly torn to shreds and then they hold up the you know verizon sponsored cell phone and you can see all the ghosts (laughs) on top of him at the same time that's just so funny when when you see a confrontation between somebody like walter who's um like a wimpy shit nerd and then you have sam who's just a buff nerd uh and i I just those confrontations are always good because i'm like sam like you guys are pretty similar but i know you're gonna pound this kid to the pavement (laughs) Absolutely. Sam Sam thinks he's a nerd until he runs into like an honest to god real nerd. Like remember our yeah. buddy from the uh uh the bank robbery episode? Like Sam didn't bond with that guy. <laughs> Dean bonded with no. that guy. Like and by all yeah. accounts Sam is the nerdy one, so yeah. In a lot of ways Dean seems like he's more the nerd, but whatever. Yeah. Sam uh Dean seems like he's the more accepting guy. Like Sam seems like he's got like, "Oh, well, I went to law school and I like Firefly around him." Like, you know what I'm saying? Whereas <laughs> Dean is like, "Oh, you like Firefly? What's that? Talk to me. Have a beer." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> To wrap so, us up, uh, we yeah. go back on set, and of course, this like video camera, <laughs> video camera. Sorry, uh, this camera video, like shotgun thing, has made it into the script. And Sam even has a moment with the writer of like, so we, you found out there was an afterlife, and this is what you do with it. And he's like, "What are you talking yeah. about, man? We had to finish the film." <laughs> <laughs> 
And they walk off into the sunset, right? Oh, no. First, Dean has to finally uh, fulfill his dream of boning a celebrity. In in Hollywood. Uh, Yeah, this is... And this is actually handled pretty good. Like uh, this is not like not misogynistic or anything. He's just literally walking out of a trailer, and she looks like kind of you know that typical flowing hair ravished look, and is like, mm-hmm. "You can come back anytime, handsome or whatever." And then they <laughs> literally walk into the sunset, and Dean is just the happiest man that he's ever been in his entire yeah. life. There's that great the great ending scene as they're walking into the sunset, and then they move the sunset out of the way because <laughs> it's just a giant set piece, <laughs> and it's just the boys just walking down the street. Uh, this episode is so good, Chris. Like, I, yeah, I think I, fantastic. I think I DM'd you last night and was like, "Holy shit! Like this, this is so fucking great!" Like, mm-hmm. Autumn was having a great time watching this. I was laughing my ass off. Like, I just, it doesn't have anything to do with our meta plot. It doesn't have anything to do with nope. demons. It's just, <laughs> it's just some weird ghosts and some weird characters on the screen. But they, they nail it. Like, this is the monster of the week episode, right? Hollywood Babylon. Is that Misfit song? <laughs> it's been stuck in my head since since we started recording. <laughs> I don't know your weird punk music or your weird goth music, so I don't I don't get that reference. Sorry, it's it's actually horror punk. Horror punk? No, that's something I can that's get into. What is it. that? That's what they call it. It's, I don't know. They sing a lot of awful songs, so don't worry about it. If there you can get a, into them in middle school, you're not missing out. There was a uh, Mike Patton side project called Phantomos that. Uh, they did like a they did like weird heavy metal and they did a they did a whole album where they covered uh, horror movie themes like you know the Godfather and the <laughs> yeah, Omen yeah. all in like this crazy heavy metal with Mike Patton screaming his ass off. That's and uh, when I was twenty, that CD got stuck in my CD player, so it was o- the only thing that I could listen to, and it's I couldn't change the volume, and I was broke as shit, so I could afford to replace my CD changer, and it was like a six hundred dollar CD player that I had bought that someone had given me for like high school or some, high school graduation oh or something. But like, I'm not going to replace it. Like, I'm I'm just going to leave that shit in there. And uh, like, this was yeah. way before fucking iPods or anything like that, so it was the only thing. It was either that or uh, you know radio. And I just man, like now I have like heavy metal the omen just emblazoned into the back of my head. So, goddamn, Phantomos, everybody, go listen to it. Uh, season two, episode seventeen. No, nineteen. Yes, Folsom Prison Blues. Uh, do you want me to read this one too? Because I'm about to. It was original air date April twenty sixth, two thousand seven. Special Agent Victor Hendrickson finally achieves his goal. Sam and Dean behind bars. I really like that. Should be the intro to a uh, Sam and Dean porn. I'm just saying. Uh, the only <laughs> thing scarier than the guys they meet on the inside is a murderous spirit who's offing inmates one by one. Yeah, this episode, uh, this is almost to the point of, like, I almost believe in Ghost more than I believe in their ability to get sent to this place and then get out of it so quickly. <laughs> like, it is the most ridiculous, <laughs> dumbass shit that Dean has ever fucking pulled and that these writers have ever dared to put into this show. And let me tell you, it's a great episode, but it doesn't make any fucking sense. 
Yeah, it's it's like beyond the pale of unbelievable. I can't say that word, but like it's it's just totally unbelievable. And like it's, you're right, yeah. it's a good episode. Like I like I mean they play fucking Alice in Chains in this episode. Like and it's like kind of works. <laughs> like it it's great. But man, is it just like so? It's it, it's it, the fact the that the context would, of it is just so stupid. Yeah. If they had done this like season one before any of the shit had happened, if they had just, if they had even just snuck their way into the prison and pretended to be prisoners to find out more about what's going on, that would have made sense. But it, just from start to finish, the reasoning behind it doesn't make sense. The action of the episode and what you're watching is a lot of fun and it's entertaining. But when you really stop to think about it, it's just impossibly stupid because the boys. They stage a robbery. That's our cold open. They're staging a stupid robbery. And we don't realize that as we're watching the cold open. We're just like, uh, what? What's happening here? Why? What are they stealing? What, is, what fancy artifact do well, they the, need to fight this monster or something? Not to stop you, but like this isn't the cold open. Like Our cold open is the, is the jail where the dude oh, like, right, literally right, gets attacked right. by a ghost in a jail. And like our, uh, who is this Randall guy, by the way? He looks really familiar. Like I want to say like I've seen this yeah. dude a lot. Um, probably should have looked that up before, but oh well. Yeah, he, he did seem super familiar. And this seems like, like a, a running trend. You're going to have to add this to some sort of spreadsheet uh, where I get the cold open wrong because that seems to be a real, uh, <laughs> real problem for me. <laughs> I just can't tell the difference between them anymore. But yeah, yeah, the cold open is... Our buddy uh, Randall has been on like fucking every single TV show in the world. Most notably uh, Sons of Anarchy where he was on like oh, 20-something okay. episodes. So Yeah, he... um. I think I think it is Randall down on like the old cell block, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you hear him like calling up to the guard in the middle of the night, and everybody's like, "Oh, he's crazy! Go, go down!" They send the guard down to you know go quiet him, and um, they tell him to go to bed. That Randall's acting crazy, so he goes to bed. But then shortly after, uh, the guard he gets his arm stuck in one of the the gates, the you know the, the cell gates, I guess. Mm-hmm. And we don't really see what happened. And suddenly the thing just slammed on his arm. He can't get his arm out. And then something off screen comes and kills him. Yeah. Uh, and they say that he died, died of a heart attack, I believe. Scared to death. And this guy was kind of an asshole. Like he was he was kind of being a shitbag to Randall, which like yeah. they immediately present all of these prisoners as um, being, you know, uh, the most likable dudes yeah. ever. <clears throat> which, you know, like in Louisiana's incarceration rates right now, Louisiana, sorry, in America's car- incarceration rates right now, these pr- dudes are all probably in for like a handful of marijuana and serving 15 yeah. years because, yeah. you know, whatever. For, for smoking one pot. Yes, they smoked one pot. <laughs> That's what you call it, right? Yo, yeah, yeah. Smoke the marijuana like a cigarette. Yes. Um, but so three months later, uh, which the the show helpfully tells us, Dean and Sam are robbing what looks like to be like a historical museum, and this is what you were talking about, where they're holding up these weird artifacts, and like immediately, that's what I thought was like, oh yeah, they're gonna they're trying to hunt down something to go kill something weird. Like we've mm-hmm. seen it before, where they've had to get. Um, a silver knife to kill shapeshifters and things like that. So like, this is just, to me, this is just like, Oh, okay. They have to go find something weird. Yeah. It seems super normal until the fucking cops bust the door. in. is it Hendrickson himself that comes in? I can't remember. He doesn't, he doesn't bust them. Um, they've set off a, uh, like a motion detector. And then our next scene is Dean in the interrogation room and with a super pissed off Hendrickson who is, uh, everybody remembers Hendrickson. He's the FBI agent that's been chasing Sam and Dean for a couple of episodes now. Uh, and he's reading him the riot act of all of the shit that Dean has done, like grave desecrations, murders, credit card fraud, like all of this other stuff. And it's Dean it's, finally does his uh, his blue steel model face for his mugshot. Yes, yes. Which just 
for the podcast art, that's the face that I'm always making. I'm not, I mean, I am a huge douchebag, but I'm being a douchebag because they always do it in the show. Yeah, it's, Just to uh, clarify. it's super, super hilarious. Yeah. I, uh, I, Dean's entire attitude about this, this laissez-faire, like, jokey, I can do anything that I want to, not only does it, like, just really ingratiate him with everybody, <laughs> like, it just it pisses <laughs> Hendrickson off so much. Yeah. But there's just, you think, like, okay, well, Dean has this attitude because he knows he has a plan. We don't know that he has a plan yet, but he has a plan. And he can get away with it. But there's just so much at stake here. There's just so much that could go wrong. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, Dean Dean's lawyer, the public defender, shows up and shuts down Henriksen from interviewing him anymore. Uh, and then they have a meeting with Dean and Sam and the lawyer. And the lawyer is like, okay, we need to talk about your stuff. And they're like, well, first off, where are they going to put us? In the such and such, the Greenview Detention Center or whatever? And he's like, well, yeah, why? And he's like, no big deal. Nothing no, no reason. Then how long are we yeah, going to just... have to take a transport? Okay, a week? Okay, okay, cool. No problem. Like, it's very obvious that they want, they want to mm-hmm. go to jail. I think Sam at some point before, maybe before this, um, or no, it's when they finally get in jail because, of course, we got to cut to the boys in oh, their the, yellow or the orange jumpsuits. The orange jumpsuits with the walking into the prison montage. This is yeah. so good. Yeah. And, and Sam says, this is the dumbest, craziest thing we've done in a long storied career of dumb and crazy. <laughs> and and uh, I'm like, yeah, this is fucking This is stupid. really stupid. Like, anything could go wrong. You might not have gotten sent to the right prison. You know, Hendrickson <laughs> showed up and that was not part of the plan. Now they're in prison and they... They they talk about Sam like does the exposition dump here of uh, their old dad's old Marine buddy Deacon called him up and is saying you know he needs their help and like there's a ghost in the prison and the guy go get through this ghost and Sam says uh, I don't even know why we're doing this you know this is you know we we don't know this guy and and all of a sudden like fucking Dean is just like well he's our fi- you know we're our he saved our dad's life and we owe him and that's what we do we're winchesters we pay back our debts and i'm like is this fucking game of thrones and this is the lannisters like what are we what what are we talking about i mean i i can appreciate that that is an admirable quality about the winchesters that they would go and do anything for the people that they care about or the people that they feel like they they owe something to apparently this guy you know did something for their dad but this again it's just it's such a stretch that if the episode wasn't so fun, it would just it would like be a, a disaster because it's just such a ridiculous premise. And I feel like the show gets away with it because they know it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It's like in, completely Im- implausible. It's just like let's. What if Sam and Dean were in a prison and had to solve? Uh, to solve a, a crime. Mystery. Like it's a, it's on paper. You can be like, yeah, okay, well that could be fun. Well, what are the logistics of it? Okay, here you go, and then they here laid out go. this shit. And I can't imagine what you know what they had before in the writers' room that was that was worse than this. That they ended up landing on this as their final result <laughs> because it's fucking ridiculous. Um, but it does serve a couple of different purposes, right? Like we're we're in here, and now we've ratcheted up the tension with uh, Hendrickson a little bit, and also because their public defender is there, uh, we get a we get a nice scene of the public defender looking at this stuff and telling Hendrickson like something's fishy about this, like. Yeah. It, like this chick told you told me like in the in the report she says that they saved her not that they killed her like that they tried to kill her like like something is something is up with this so it's kind of giving yeah. Hendrickson an idea of like hey these boys may not be all all that they seem um, and then Hendrickson and his uh, partner are just like all right the adults are are working right now go off and play little girl yeah. they're just super misogynistic super dismissive of super her. assholes yeah but uh, this lady I think that she's only in this one episode but she's she's 
kind of awesome for what she does. She is. She is. I, I, I very much like her. I don't, I don't, I didn't look up her name. I forgot to look her up on IMDb to go check it out. Um, but I can find that real quick. Cause that's good radio. Um, no, she, <laughs> sure. she, she has definitely not done. Oh God. She, nothing. Oh, well, while you're too, looking that up, we yeah. get to have a, uh, a fantastic scene of Dean getting his cell and meeting his, you know, cellmate and be immediately just be like, I called top bunk. And the guy just be like, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> <No. laughs> and then Dean, and then Sam just going into his and like awkwardly looking at the dude he's going to be with and turning around and looking across the aisle at Dean, just horrified. <laughs> because when you think like we talk about Sam and Dean, they're these tough guys, but especially Sam, like he's a college boy who just also happens to be able to like fight ghosts. Like he's just so like squeaky clean that the idea of him being in prison is, is hilarious. Yeah. It's, it's not great. And, uh, but Dean has narrowed this down. Dean has done a lot of research and he's, uh, pretty sure it's one ghost. And of course, Sam is like, I don't need a little bit more than pretty sure. And he's like, well, I'm like 90% sure it's this one ghost. Uh, (laughs) So Dean's plan is to start a fight uh, with the biggest dude in there, which he does, and then they both get thrown into solitary, uh, which is where we're introduced to the uh, stereotypical, like, hard-as-nails, uh, you know, guard guy that's going to, you know, shut their shit down or whatever. Uh, and, of course, the ghost arrives, and just because, you know, it's Dean's got that plot armor, so he can't die, so the guy, the other guy yeah. has to die, which is really sad. Like, this dude literally didn't do anything but defend himself when Dean started making shitty comments to him. Yeah. Um. We don't we don't get to see the ghost here, right? I think we just see it tearing apart the guy and the other and the other. Because I I made a note of when the the ghost shows up, and I don't think it's here. I think I, this I is you see like like the weird eyes and everything right here. Maybe, like the, but Dean yeah. gets put in solitary twice in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. His first, <laughs> his first time is not when he's like he tries to have a heart to heart with the guy, but he's like, nope, not going to talk to you. And then that guy gets killed, and Dean can just hear it from across the hall. And it's the next one where then Dean gets attacked, and then Tiny, the big fat guy, gets attacked and killed. Yeah. So that that happens like several times, which is pretty hilarious. Yeah. And it's stuff like uh like you, you mentioned Tiny, like the fact that Dean calls this dude Tiny, and like they actually get to be kind of good friends a little bit. Like they have like they exchange <laughs> a moment where Tiny says like, "Well, yeah, my brother killed my dad," and all this stuff. Um, <laughs> But it's performances like that, and from the dude Lucas who got killed, who was the first guy that got killed when Dean was in solitary. Like it's just that makes this episode right. Like Tiny actually does a really like credible job of of making this episode fun along with Dean. So I like this stuff. Uh, the they set up this whole ordeal where Dean is going to make yet another distraction, and because uh, they figured out where how do they? Oh, yeah, Randall, Randall exposition sam, dump yeah <laughs> yeah sam went on exposition dump duty with randall uh they're mopping together and he starts asking randall all these questions and did you ever spend time on the old cell block where these murders were happening and randall has some info for them uh and i think eventually they're able to just like trade him some cigarettes for more information um <laughs> that moment where he's like <laughs> bribing the guy with cigarettes and dean's like and he's like well you know i don't quite remember the name and Dean's like, well, I don't I earn these. And Sam is like, you don't even fucking smoke. Like, give him the cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, and I, I like how they're in jail and they've literally found like an old white guy to go talk to about everything. Uh, so yeah. they go, yeah. Sam, they, they find out who the ghost is, which was some like horrible mass murder dude that got locked in solitary. And uh, this dude remembers like there being a bunch of blood there. Uh, so Dean, yet again, starts a fight. Sam slips out the back into a totally different area of the jail, which... 
doesn't seem like a good jail if you can just go to a different area anytime you want yeah, to. Yeah, a fucking seven foot tall hunk can just sneak <laughs> and, away without and a issue. bright orange jumpsuit. You got a goddamn problem with your prison, sir. You got, excuse me, sir. We need to we need to talk to you about your prison. Sir, I, say, I have to talk to you about something. That behemoth hunk over there. <laughs> He just snuck off. Broad he just left. In front of everybody. Uh, but he goes through the kitchen, picks up some matches, picks up some salt, because I guess you have to have matches and salt at a, at a jail kitchen. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, but he, he goes and finds this one cell, cell, excuse me, opens it up, and uh, like he finds blood, so he burns it. So yeah, he's taking I care of the ghost. They, had, they find out that probably the guy was cremated, but they're like, well, the ghost is still haunting uh, Randall tells them that he basically had his head caved in and there's going, there's just a shitload of blood. They couldn't even mop it all up. So that's why Sam goes and finds the old like bedroll that was in there still for some reason soaked in blood. And I guess that's enough uh, for remains that the ghost could still linger around. So they take care of the ghost, right? And that's the end of the episode, right? That's the end of the episode. Yeah. It's a short one this week, guys. It's just a, <laughs> just a quickie. Oh no, no, there's a totally different no. ghost. Meanwhile, uh, this is now when Dean and his new fat friend, Tiny, I'm not calling him fat to be funny. I'm calling him fat because his name is Tiny. Yeah. Um, they, they're they in there having their little heart-to-heart moment because Dean can just get along with just about anybody that he wants to. Um, and this is when the creepy fucking lady ghost shows up. And it is absolutely horrifying. And the makeup on this is awesome it's really great yeah this is this is some of my favorite like we didn't mention we didn't really talk about it but the the hollywood babylon episode like all of the ghosts in there also looked really really good like the makeup artists are really killing it on these two episodes they're stepping it up this season for sure yeah absolutely but it so she this woman this mysterious woman i guess she attacks um she attacks dean Dean. and, (laughs) and he's able to hit her with the like salt shaker that he has and she disappears but then shortly after she goes into the next cell over and we don't get to see her but she apparently kills tiny yeah and she rips him up pretty fierce um so now that there's another ghost but the problem is uh sam has already pulled the uh ripcord on their escape plan so mm-hmm. Dean is very committed. He's like, we've got to do this. We got, we're not going to let these innocent people die. We've got to stay here until it's done. And Sam is like, <laughs> actually, we need to get the fuck out of this jail. <laughs> like, I'm sorry yeah. these guys are dying, but we have to get out. Like, this is insanity. Uh, and they're, they, again, yet again, another fight starts out. And our, our head guard guy kind of roughs them up a little bit, drags them into a, like an a abandoned area, tells the other guard to leave. You're going to think you're thinking that they're going to have to get seriously roughed up. Like this guard is about to just punch the shit out of them or something, but it's, it's actually their friend Deacon and he is their escape plan. Yeah. So before he, he lets them escape this, we, we covered it before, but that's when they go and talk to Randall again. Dean has to yeah. give up his cigarettes. Um, Sam oh, makes we a forgot, comment about we forgot to how, talk about the lawyer. Yeah, Sam makes a comment about how easily Dean seems to fit in there. But um, <laughs> yeah, I like that too. So somewhere along the line, they find out that the the lady ghost that they just saw, um, contrary to what they thought they were fighting, is a woman by the name of Nurse Glockner, and she was just this super hard ass nurse who hated the prisoners, and I guess she uh, took it out on them a little bit. Um, I'm not she she killed people. I think I'm pretty sure she was killing people. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. So Dean calls their lawyer and this is where he does his, his patented Dean Winchester. Like, look me in the eyes. Do you think I'm a bad person? Do you think that we're bad people? You're smart. Dean is the only one who pays this woman any respect in this episode. And that's another thing to Dean's credit. He's not the type to dismiss anybody like that. Um, As much as Dean is trying to say, look at me for who I am. He's also saying, I'm looking at you for who you are. Like, I know that you're, you're dealing with this insane shit. But you know that something's going on here. You're smarter than all this. You know 
there's a situation here. And sure, he's trying to say all these things so he can get information out of her. But I liked the the very brief interactions that uh, Dean and the lawyer have together because she does look at him and she realizes like, no, they're not the bad guys. Uh, but we don't know that just yet. But basically, Dean is asking her to get information on the nurse for him because there's nothing they can do if they don't have the information. Exactly. Um, and by the time Deacon comes around to, and we, we get this reveal, uh, Deacon also, because the way you deliver mail in prison is to give it to the head guard and let the head guard deliver it to you. <laughs> <laughs> the, the head, he delivers this. It's like, Oh, by the way, the lawyer was here and you know, she t- dropped this off. So uh, now they know where this nurse was buried. They can go burn it. Um, this is where the Allison chain starts up. I think um, somewhere around here, Dean has to punch Deacon in the face to make it look like they, which is um, good. Yeah. Stage an escape. Yeah. He, he really cleans his clock. Doesn't he, Chris? <laughs> he sure does. Jeremy. <laughs> and they got their fucking sweet ass Impala parked directly what? outside of the prison. This, what did Deacon drive their fucking Impala to the, to the, they literally walk out of the jail, like through yeah. the, whatever secret passage Deacon has like plotted up into this motherfucker. But walk out of the jail and their car is parked right there. <laughs> yeah, just glistening in the rain. Just, uh, the, it looks so the, beautiful. The most beautiful <laughs> bombastic car that fucking growls when you turn it on. Uh, I mean, and it's just and, parked neatly outside. Uh, so let's just assume that they went through some secret fucking Hogwarts passage underneath the ground and sure, they came up half yeah. a mile down the road outside of the prison walls through some other building and then just walked right out. Because but that's not the fucking case because then the sirens go off and they're like, oh shit, we gotta get out of here. I mean, they literally drive out. Like, have you ever driven to a jail? (laughs) Like you have to check in. You can't just (laughs) drive there and park next to it. (laughs) You can't. So I guess this is outside the wall somehow. Doesn't make any damn sense. It doesn't make any sense. When I saw this, when I saw the fucking Impala right there, I was blown away. Like I just, I could not believe that the Impala was just sitting right there. Um, this is where, uh, rooster starts playing up. And this is a cool scene. We get, uh, uh, our boy Randall is starting to get attacked by the the blood nurse, whose name I've already forgotten. We see Hendrickson and his De- team. Is, is it Deacon who's getting attacked? Oh, it's Deacon. You're absolutely right. For some reason, yeah, I was because now he's t- he's a criminal now. Because yeah, because he's he's broken these people out. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hendrickson, who has uh, coerced the lawyer into giving up where she what information she gave Sam and Dean, is uh, has got a crew together and he's headed to a cemetery with like cop cars and everything to arrest them. And this is all interspersed with Sam and Dean like racing the clock to get to the cemetery and with mm-hmm. Deacon getting attacked by the blood nurse. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a lot happening. It's very cool. It's very well done. Like this real, like dark kind of blue, like aspect thing that they're doing to the picture, I think really works, especially on this episode where Mm -hmm. everything's kind of, uh, grainy and kind of faded a little bit. Like it really works for me here where it doesn't work in all the episodes for me. Um, but yeah, of course, because it's supernatural, Sam and Dean find the body, dig it up. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. <laughs> the fastest they've yeah. ever dug a body up. And then salt and burn it right as Deacon was going to be killed. So saving Deacon as well. Yeah. So you're saving Deacon, but then the trick of the camera is also just uh, making you think that Hendrickson and the gang are about to show up at the cemetery. It shows them rushing through the shadows, you know, the gravestones going by them. And you're like, oh, fuck. Like, what are Sam and Dean going to do now? Like, are they going to jump into the grave and, like, hide in there or something? Like, it's too late. <laughs> going to pull over, like, a the grass boys- thing? Nobody here. Yeah, the boys are just a... <laughs> Because they, they're never going to have Sam and Dean be in a shootout with the cops. Like, that's not cool. So, I mean, although they did get attacked by a SWAT team, but they were never going to fire at police. So, what, wait, what's going to happen here? And then we realize the, the name of the cemetery that the 
lawyer gave to Hendrickson was the wrong cemetery that in the end, she did believe Sam and Dean. She does believe that there's something else going on here. Uh, and unfortunately we never see her again, uh, but she bought them just enough time to let them pull their, their next Houdini act. Yeah, this is uh man, like <laughs> what a ballsy move on the lawyer's part. Like she's just a public defender yeah. that is apparently works for the FBI, which also makes no sense, but whatever, we're going to breeze past that. Uh, and like, it's, there's there's a weird moment where uh, Dean says to Sam, like, oh, the lawyer knows, but she's not going to tell anybody. It's confidential. And, and and Sam just says, because he's a law student, like, confidentiality doesn't apply here, Dean. And Dean's like, oh, shit. Like, doesn't explain why. I don't understand why it doesn't apply <laughs> here. Like, it's, well, there's, it's still Sam a lawyer's how to privilege. Do, yeah. <laughs> Sam finally understands something that like, makes sense for him to understand. <laughs> yeah, finally. Finally, the Ivy League school taught him something that's probably, like, in his curriculum. <laughs> Just had a big bomb. So <laughs> Dean just just full on fucked them. Like he he's fucked the, him and his brother harder than he's ever fucked them before. Because now they they went to prison and then they've escaped and like their plates have got to be run by this point. Like they can't go anywhere. But I mean the, the season continues on without issue. Um, but they say something along those like we got to go deep in this time. And I think. I think Sam or one of them says like so deep we should go to Yemen. I don't know why that's the reference they make. Yeah, that's that's a little weird to me too. Like I, I never quite got that one, but I just I, I mean think again, it's just it's, like let's just get the fuck out of this country and go somewhere tiny where no one's gonna ever find us because this is insane. Do you think Yemen has like some extradition laws or something that they know about or something? Like I don't. I think Yemen just loves hunks. Sure. <laughs> why? Uh, hey, hey, Chris. Why why do we not hear the song Folsom City Blues, <laughs> Folsom Prison Blues in this episode? Because we get Rooster by Allison Chains. <laughs> but like you think Allison Chains was cheaper than Johnny Cash? I mean this was before Johnny Cash was dead. Know. Once I was just assumed you can buy any Johnny Cash song for like 25 cents now. I don't know. Is there only that one live version of Folsom City or I'm sorry, Folsom Prison Blues? I think so. Yeah, I think well, so no, maybe that's why they didn't versions. use it. Oh yeah, maybe I only yeah. know the live version. Yeah, that's the only one I know. Um just again, because we mentioned this in the last episode about these international titles that the the, the, the Supernatural has. Just <laughs> just want to bring this up again. The Finnish version, which I'm not going to even like attempt to pronounce, but the tra- the direct translation from the Finnish Finnish version is "Tango Behind Bars," which I think is a much better episode title. That is a fantastic episode title. Yeah. Tango so, behind Tango bars. behind bars. Thank you, Finland. We love you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this is a great episode. Like we kind of breeze through it, but, um, there's, it really goes to show you with the Hollywood Babylon in this episode, how flexible this, the fucking format for the show is like, they have ghosts, they have shit that can kill ghosts. They've got some laws around that. We got some hunky brothers that get away with a lot of stuff that normal people wouldn't get away with. Like you could kind of play on that as we know now, like we're 260 episodes into the show. Uh, we can play on that for a long, long time. So I really, we're gonna we're gonna start to get into our our meta plot fiction uh, in next week's episode of the podcast. But like for right now, having these like middle of the road great episodes be based around these ghosts are just fantastic. I love it. Yeah, this is all good stuff. Do you have any final thoughts on the on the episode? Uh, it doesn't make any fucking sense, but it's a fun episode to watch. I like it when they can do an episode where they're like the production around it is so good um, that it doesn't have to make sense. And I can still have fun with it. Like I, I can literally put it out of my brain that it doesn't make sense and just have a good time yeah. with it. Although it can, I, I will say the Impala being directly outside really fucks with me. Yeah. That's that's it contributes to the all overall narrative in, in a small way, just because of their interacting with Hendrickson and spoilers. This is not the last time we'll, we will see him. Uh, but 
you know, it, and I never had these issues the first few times I watched it because I was a younger man and I just didn't think about it that much. It is an enjoyable episode, as I keep reiterating. Um, but when you really stop and think, like, God damn it. Like, come on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, thumb in your eye and thumb in your, you know, is that what the phrase? Thumb in your eye? Whatever. I'm not going to go there. Uh, like, fucking with the FBI is probably, like, the worst thing that you could do as two guys yeah. that are just on the run. Like, the yeah. idea that these guys get away with it for so long is just pretty ridiculous i'm glad though and um this is getting a little bit ahead but we are going to put a bow on a lot of this fbi chased mm-hmm. by the cop stuff because for as much as i like it i think it kind of gets in the way of like the day-to-day cool stuff that the, the brothers are yeah. doing um, and i so. think that i think it's almost it's almost a necessary part of it because from what we've seen it's like of course the boys would have racked up some sort of uh fbi uh warrants you know so th- they would be on somebody's radar doing the things that they do um so I'm glad that they address it in the show, but it does, like you say, take away from what the show is really about. And in one of those interviews I was recently watching, they were talking about, uh, or Jared was talking about one of the, the first phone calls he got for uh, the show. And, you know, he had turned down a few other things and he said how, you know, like Buffy or Angel, um, a few of those different shows were on at the time, these, you know, sci-fi supernatural type shows that were just sort of very... uh I don't know how to describe them because like those like Buffy's a great show, but it was mm-hmm. different. And he said he wanted something grittier and something, something a little bit dirtier down in the muck, like X-Files that took itself a little bit more seriously. It still had fun with it. And that is where Supernatural shines the best is when it gets dirty. You know, you have these dudes just in flannel shirts up there doing shit and it's not anybody out of high school. Again, not to shit on Buffy because I love Buffy. Um, well, but- there's a like Joss Whedon and most of Joss Whedon's early stuff, and probably you could even argue up until the Avengers um, is very poppy. Like it's very, mm-hmm. um, it's it's got like a I don't know of a better way to say it than poppy. Like it's got a pop music vibe to it. So it's uh, you know it's 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 good. It's like great pop music. Like you know it's Carly Rae Jepsen all over the place or whatever. But like it's <laughs> it's still like it's not it's, rock and roll. It's not rock and roll, right? Like it's not ACDC. It's not uh, Led yeah. Zeppelin. And there's just a different tone. There's a different take on it. So. The X-Files is a really good example because, like, this whole, like, the X-Files vibe minus the aliens, except for that one time the aliens slow dance with somebody, which, thank you. Um, <laughs> like, it's, the, the X-Files vibe is very much alive in these in these episodes where you get kind of yeah. something weird going on. Like, it's a very dark show, uh, dark just from a color palette standpoint. Um, and it's serious. Like, these guys are going through some emotional fucking drama. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's not quite as uh, bright and sunshiny as I envisioned Buffy to be, which I have never watched. So, I'm sure somebody. Well, they do live in a place <laughs> called Sunnydale, so. Yeah, sure. Well, as long as it's not Riverdale home of the child molesters i think it's i think it's sunnydale maybe i'm wrong um but obviously i think later seasons of supernatural definitely tread towards the uh pop vibe that you're talking about but these these still even in their silliest episodes they still have that rock and roll vibe and just like any good rock and roll some you you don't really have to think about it too much sometimes it's a little bit corny but it just it still gets ass. yeah don't ever like sit down and try to read the lyrics of a zz top song like she's got legs she knows how to use them like it's it's all dumb shit but it but it sounds good and it's very fun so that's all you're there for Well, let's get into uh, Season 2, Episode 19, What Is and What Should Never Be, original air date, May 3rd, 2007. <clears throat> a devoted girlfriend, a regular job, and a loving mother in a house that didn't burn down. 
A run-in with a djinn gives Dean the life he would have had. I, um... I really just spoil the shit out of these episodes, huh? Yeah, wow. We don't even have to fucking talk about it anymore. You guys got it. You guys got that, right? Everyone, Everyone's up to date. Uh, this is another really good one that we're going to get... Man, I think it was either you or Steven that was saying like these first seasons really seem like they're about Dean. And uh, man, this is, this is a full Dean episode, isn't it? Yeah. And I think part of that is because... Well, I was trying to think about this. Like Dean always gets a lot of really good one-off episodes. And I was thinking about that as as I was watching this last night. And I think that the next two are, are much more Sam centric. Is that correct? They are. Yeah. It's like, they sort of just like schedule it like, yeah, okay, Jared, you, you don't have to come in this much uh, or as much for this one. You know, you get, a, you get a short day on this one and then the next day or the next week it's okay, Jensen. Now you get your short week on this. Um, and I don't think that that's specifically why, but I wonder if they do. Okay. Well, you know, we know we want these, these episodes to be the same heavy episodes. So let's have, Dean get an episode before that. Regardless, it all works very well. This is a great one. Like, man, we are three for three in great episodes right now. I had I put this out on Twitter the other day, but like, man, I had forgotten how great season two really was. Like, if you had asked mm-hmm. me, I'd been like, okay, season one is good. Season two, that they were getting there, and then in three, four, and five, like it's a you know, bullet from a gun is gonna be great. But man, I yeah. they'd really fucking kill it in season two. Like all of this is just so good. So the previously on, as you had noted, it shows Mary Winchester, John Winchester, the yellow eye demon, uh, all these different things. And that always dictates that like, we're going to be dealing with some shit in this episode. I love the previously on because you can watch it and you're like, okay, all right. I know now I kind of know this, this is going to be an important episode. Like, but if it's yeah. just like the one where they show the pranks, I'm like, it's probably not going to be that important, but I'm still going to watch yeah. it. Yeah. Pranks so far. Yeah. Uh, and I know a lot of people, cause this even happens, uh, sometimes when I don't feel like getting up to put the Blu-ray in and I watch it on Netflix. Wow! It just, it just skips over. <laughs> Isn't your Blu-ray player like seven inches from your bed, Chris? Come my on, my Blu-ray player is my PlayStation Four, and if I got a game paused, I don't want to, you know, go screwing that over. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's Netflix will just automatically skip the intros, and I think that's a shame. I think that you should always watch the intros. Sometimes they will kind of spoil, like they'll really like go overboard on a character and you'd be like, Hmm, pretty sure that character's already dead. Why are they in this cold open so much or is yeah. it road so far? Um, but I think that they really can contribute to what you're about to see. So it's like when later seasons, when um, there's one particular reoccurring character that plays like kind of an important person in the cosmology of the whole thing. And so anytime you see like his actor name, like guest star and so-and-so you're like, Oh shit, that yeah. guy's <laughs> going to be on it. <laughs> so it is, it is a spoiler, but it also kind of sets the tone of the episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. We don't really have a cold open so much. Uh, like, like this this whole thing is Sam and Dean kind of hunting down uh, a gin, and Sam's got all kinds of research open, which I'm sure he's also pulled from Dad's journal. Do you want to you want to yeah, go ahead and explain some, what a what a gin is for us? Big ass fucking tomes open in this. He's got some tomes. Like, you think they keep so, those in the trunk or what? Yeah, a, a gin is essentially uh, a genie as we know them. You know, you take like Aladdin, the Disney movie, a genie. I think it comes out of a bottle and it grants wishes, um, but this is not quite so squeaky clean uh it's pulled from uh islamic folklore uh mostly like middle eastern folklore and it is essentially it is a genie that can grant wishes uh, but more in the monkey's paw sense of the word you'll get your wish but that there's something else bad happening because of it uh and in this case the person is going to get their wish but it's not real and in the the fiction of supernatural uh, jinns are are fairly close to humans in the way that they operate. Like they have 
uh, like societies, they have like hierarchies kind of, uh, we don't really see any of that, but that's also how it is, uh, in Islamic folklore as well. Um, they they have like a hierarchy amongst the jinn. Um, but in this case, it's just what they feed off of people while they're living their fantasies, essentially. Uh, you, it's like putting somebody under a spell so that they're having an acid trip to make them experience, uh, their greatest desires while meanwhile on the outside that the jinn is just feeding on their body. And this creature is like um, one of the most uh, out there creature designs that we've seen. It's it's humanoid yeah. because, as we'll find out, literally every creature on Supernatural is going to be humanoid. <laughs> like they can't afford any <laughs> kind of weird CGI. Uh, yeah. But it's it's humanoid. It's got like these crazy blue tattoos. It has crazy blue eyes. They do a little bit of CGI with his, uh, you know, gin touch or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. where his his whole hand starts going blue along with his eyes, and that's what puts these people into the the acid trip of their monkey paws best life so yeah so our essentially our cold open is just sam is back home studying you know because they they've heard about this case from whoever it doesn't really matter uh they found out about this case uh sam is looking things up about the gin also peeking out the window super paranoid about the cops while dean has been out driving because they know that gin like to take residence in like old ruins Mm -hmm. so rather than looking at you know your stereotypical old ruins like from europe what you would kind of picture he's just looking for like rundown houses or warehouses or something like that and he you know after sam tells him this little tidbit dean's like ah i think i have an idea you know i just drove by this place a few minutes ago i'm gonna swing back and check it out sam insists that dean should come and pick him up so they can go together but dean's like nah dude i got it this is probably not even a big deal i don't know why he's so blase about it but uh yeah this is very not dean like other than the fact that he's probably feels a little cooped up from hiding from the police and it you know feeling like that you know just that he wants to do this shit on his own he's probably again like we've talked about a lot but how obnoxious the brothers have to be to each other after several days like they literally (laughs) just got out of a jail cell like they're probably a little tired of one another so he's like i'm just gonna go check it out real quick and i'll I'll come back i guess he doesn't really think it's there um there's a scene here that i hope you caught that is so fucking hilarious to me where dean is like he's got the gun out and he's kind of investigating slowly and um there's a moment where like he stops and like you can tell like the music swells up a little bit and like it's like something's coming but then he kind of he like kind of hops out and does like a 90 degree turn. <laughs> Did you see this? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't I, think so. I wish I had a gif of it and I wish I knew how to make gifts, but like it's like he does this little like cute little hop, like a bunny hop thing and points <laughs> the gun and to get into this hallway. And of course nothing's there. It was a fake out scene, but I was watching it. I almost wanted to rewind it. I was like, Holy shit. That's fucking that's hysterical. Uh, that's amazing. But yeah, so does and, he, and, he find anything? No, no, he's just he's just roaming around right after the fake out scene. Um, the the gin kind of pops up and, and kind of one of those uh, jump scare things, and then immediately puts the blue mojo on him. And that's when we go to a commercial and we come back, and yeah. Dean is waking up in this room with a beautiful naked woman, which is you know yeah. pretty typical Dean. It's pretty uh, typical Dean, but it's it's not quite typical Dean because he wakes up and he has no idea where he is. My. I don't like to get hung up too much in details, right? Like it doesn't matter, but the fact that Sam has the same phone number in this weird fantasy for some reason really bugs me. Like, have they not been trading cell phones this entire time? Like you should always have a different number if you're wanted by the FBI. Um, I guess because it's just weird dream wish logic. Yeah. And I'm not going to get hung up on it. It's just, it was just a thing. I was like, really, really? Yeah. So he, Dean wakes up in the middle of the night and it's you can tell something's wrong, but everything's so normal that it's hard for him to pinpoint what's wrong. 
Um, but he, but he gets up and he, you know, he's looking at, he sees the woman sleeping next to him in bed, but he gets up and he walks around. He's in this fairly nice house. He's looking at a picture of him and her on vacation or something. And he's just looking around. He's like, what the hell is going on? Uh, and then sure enough, the woman wakes up and her name is Carmen. And this is apparently, you know, Dean's girlfriend. And she's like, hey, honey, what's wrong? And he's like, whoa, okay, hi there, because he's Dean. So obviously he's still going to be putting the moves on her. I mean, technically it's fine because in this reality, that's his girlfriend, but it's still a little bit crazy. Um, but she's like, hey, come back to bed. Is everything okay? And um, I don't really know. There's some details here and there. But eventually he's like, yeah, I'm fine. But then Dean gets it in his head like, oh, my God. Like, am I in let's some not, other different let's not, reality? Yeah, let's not skip over the fact that he calls Sam, and Sam is like, you're drunk. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Which I only bring I up because a lot of people assume that Dean drinks throughout this entire episode. <laughs> it's a reoccurring well, I think he thing. Says something about, he says something about the gin, and Sam's like, you're drinking gin? Like, come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the gin put the voodoo on me or whatever, and he's like, What? Um, I do like that he doesn't sleep with this girl that he doesn't know, right? Because she's like, "Why don't you yeah. bring me back to bed and I'll, you know, I'll help you go to sleep." And he's like, "I'm gonna stay up for a little while." Uh, but then he he starts looking at these pictures and he sees one. We don't see it as the audience, but he sees a picture. He freaks out and he just runs out of the house. And the next scene is him mm-hmm. going to the old house in Kansas, like banging on the door, and there is Mary Winchester appearing for yeah. the first time. She uh, is in a speaking in role. Yes, at home. Yeah, <laughs> she did, well. She says, "Sam, I'm so sorry." In that episode, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I forgot about <laughs> yeah, I forgot about the home the episode. First time. Yeah, but this we get to see like some actual, you know, honest God, mom and Dean. Whoa, that almost sounded bad. I was going to say mom and Dean action, but I'm sorry. I'm going to take that back. We get to see, yeah, you know, he Dean opens the door see his mom. She opens the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it hits him like a damn truck. Like he just can't believe it. And he's going in and and just looking around the house and seeing all the, these family photos of him and Sam as kids and you know the family there for Sam's graduation and and he just he hugs Mary and just says something about how you know oh she's so beautiful and it's just this really emotional scene and the, the further we get into this episode the more we we are seeing about Dean because obviously spoilers this is happening inside of his head and it's it's such a clear indicator uh, of the psyche of, of Dean Winchester which is interesting coming from the beginning of the season and his turmoil and the way that he was dealing with the secret he was left with and his guilt over his father's death and just the fact that he, his, his father was dead uh, and all this stuff with Sam. And it's just been this tumultuous, painful experience for him where he, he's going through shades of, of violence and grief uh, and just like he feels dejected at times and he just wants to end it all kind of, you know, and give up on everything. And then sometimes he just wants to step out of it and go take a vacation. So all of this shit. And then we finally get to see the one thing that's that Dean truly wants. And that was for his mom to have never, never have died and for them to have lived normal human lives. And it just is all kind of coming to a head right in the scene when he sees his mom. And I think it's important to note that uh, unlike Sam, Dean was actually raised by his mom until he was, you know, eight or nine years old. So he's got this relationship with his mother that little. I think boys he was have. only like four. Really? Okay, I might, I might, I couldn't quite, I don't couldn't quite remember, but he still remembers his mother, where Sam does not. Oh like, yeah. Sam is kind of fucked up about his mom, but not because he actually knew her, just because it was his mom. But Dean actually had that relationship. We're going to see him a little bit later. Like she's going to make him a sandwich, and it's like the best thing that he's ever had because yeah. you know that that whole thing of. 
you know, your mom making you your favorite food and all that stuff. <laughs> um, so this is really good. I like the first thing that he does is like, hey, mom, what's that thing that you used to tell me before we went to bed? <laughs> it's yeah, like giving her a little, her. giving her a test, which is great. Good and job. That's actually he, good good hunter work right there. Yeah, that was pretty good. See, Dean is still with it throughout all this, despite the fact that he feels uh, like this is all too good to be true. Hint, hint, it is. But he's still, you know, he, he's enjoying it, but he's also still Dean Winchester. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, he starts asking about uh, John, and she, of course, reveals, he says the most awkward shit, so she's like, have you been drinking? Because he, he doesn't, obviously, in this reality, realize that, that John Winchester has died, but this time it wasn't because of, you know, some demon deal, it was because, he, you know, it was a stroke that he had in bed, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, good. And she's like, excuse me? He's like, well, just that he went out like that. I mean, I mean, like, and he's so confused <laughs> yeah. about what he's saying. So she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, that he went went out peaceful like that, that he had that time. And she's like, Are, what? He's like, never mind. I'm good. Um, so she's like, I'm going to call Carmen and she can come get you. And he's like, no, no, no. I want to stay here. I want to stay in this house. Uh, and so he does. Let's not forget and- about the young Dean pictures, by the way. Like oh they, yeah, they. I don't. I, these have to be actual pictures of Dean as a kid, right? Because they didn't quite look. Because when you normally when you see like young pictures of actors in these shows, they're obviously photoshopped. Where you know they just don't look anything like the dude. But this actually looks like Dean and doesn't look photoshopped. So did they like bring some home, some home, some yeah, think, pictures from home? Because they have a picture of Jared like with his graduation cap on and everything. They photoshopped John and Mary into it, but sure, I think they used like actual pictures of the kids, which is that's funny. great. Yeah. That's one hundred percent great. So he goes to bed, wakes up, and the first thing that he does is goes to visit a local professor, um, which is, again, it's Dean. We've talked about this before, like in season one with the Scarecrow episode, where it's Dean by himself trying to you know, do some investigating. Uh, and as much as he's your regular guy, Dean, in this episode, he's still doing the thing. He's like, well, I, I better, what would Sam do? He would probably go talk to a professor about this stuff, I guess. Uh, so he goes to talk to a professor about Jin's. Uh, and starts asking all these crazy questions, and the guy's like, "Hey, you know this isn't real, right?" <laughs> <laughs> he asks him if he was if he's been drinking again. Yes, have you, have you been drinking, young man? And also, uh, like when he, <laughs> I like how he just brushes off the professor, where the professor's like, "Well, you know, they were an ancient." Da-da. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I know all the details. Do you think it's real?" <laughs> That's really great. Yeah, uh, it's so funny. <laughs> he'd be drinking son or whatever he's like everybody keeps asking me that everybody keeps asking me that for some reason uh is this where we this is where the plot starts to kick back in yeah he heads yeah. out to his car sees that the trunk is because he's looking for whatever items he's gonna need to kill this thing but he opens it up and it's nothing but like old cups and trash and like maxim magazine <laughs> And he's, and of he's course talking. he have trash and like nudie max <laughs> and he's talking to the impala he's like i can't believe it girl we're civilians <laughs> like, yeah, don't yeah. don't talk to your car man that's weird you definitely you don't want to do that but this is when he catches a glimpse of this girl in white and she's just standing there stark amongst you know the regular crowd that's you know bustling by not paying any attention and she's just this singular creepy kind of figure i mean she's not outwardly creepy she's just like a normal looking girl but her presence within the situation really stands out um and dean's like whoa what the fuck and he goes to try and run up to her and almost gets hit by a car and then of course she's gone by the time she's gone again you know they they seated this uh woman in white thing way back in the pilot and uh this is the second or third time that they've kind of referenced back to have these women in white show up that aren't actual women in white at all it's really it's really funny (laughs) my favorite woman in white that they never did anything with and i know i talked about it during that episode still the one where we see uh, or sam sees jessica along the side of the road while that song is playing oh yeah absolutely Um, 
still a standout moment for me. But these, you know, they're, the women in white, however they're used, are always very evocative visually. So at this point, they go back to uh, Dean goes back to his mom's house, has the delicious sandwich I mentioned earlier, and then decides yes. that he needs to mow the lawn. <laughs> and yeah. Dean, like, very obviously not mowing the lawn and just pushing this like yeah. <laughs> push mower around. It's not like no Wave blades are turning. <laughs> Yeah, they obviously did not trust stuff. Jerry with an actual real lawnmower in this scene. No, no, no. Um, but yeah, while like a, a punk cover of a wonderful world is playing, or whatever, it's just this like quintessential like Dean is so happy. This is everything he's ever wanted. <laughs> it's so weird, and that's good that like he's drinking a beer while he's doing it. He's waving at the neighbors, and the neighbors are giving him that look like, "Are, are you drunk?" Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone keeps asking me, but no. <laughs> um, and that's when he suddenly sees, holy shit. Uh, Sam and Jessica pull up to the house and this is what he's just like oh my god uh, and he just grabs Jessica in like a bear hug and is like oh my god it's so good to see you and she's like uh, what the fuck why are you being like this yeah and it's this is a weird reaction from Dean who uh, as far as I know only met Jessica the one time that he broke into their house right like yeah, that was the only yeah. time so like that's literally the only time that he's ever met her so for him to have like that weird thing and not just be weirded out by it like I know he probably like just by virtue of his brother's feelings cares for this chick but it seemed like a yeah, weird response yeah. to me like it uh, is definitely a weird response and I think it is just supposed to be like a reality where Jessica is still alive would would make Dean so incredibly happy because that would mean that Sam was happy can we talk about the uh about Sam and his his acting skills on display here, specifically Jared's acting skills on display, because this version of Sam feels so different than like our oh, normal yeah. non fantasy version of Sam. This version of Sam is very like um, prudish. He's very kind of yeah. tight lipped, almost. He's very uh, disinterested in Dean and almost kind of condescending every time he talks to him, mm-hmm. like any in any kind of reaction. Jared Padalecki does a wonderful job of giving Sam this like. Just oh man, he just he just he just seems like such a dickhead. He seems like such yeah, a he, douchebag. He seems like such a douche, and that's the vibe you get for like the first half of their exchanges. Is like wow, in this reality, Sam is a total douchebag. He went off to college and like he thinks he's better than everybody. But as we learn, you know, as we go through this, like Sam is a bit of a douche, and in this reality, uh, this version of Dean is like kind of a huge scumbag. And it's like you see this unfortunate path that without all the other baggage, like their lives would have gone in totally different directions. And we obviously like the Dean we're seeing is like our, our Dean. So mm-hmm. he's not a scumbag. Um, but what everybody says to him, like the things that Sam has said about him, like, well, would you, you know, owe somebody money again? Or do you remember when you slept with my prom date, all of these things when you start to think like, okay, I guess that Sam, he's probably still the same, you know, driven, intelligent person that he is. But in this reality, he's just real fucking fed up with his brother. Who just <laughs> he's like, real done. But we, um, since we're not seeing that version of Dean, it really makes Sam seem like a total prick until the end of the episode. Until later, yeah. But uh, Sam and Jessica are there because it's Mary Winchester's birthday, which Dean has totally forgotten. <laughs> despite yeah, showing up on her door unannounced and mowing her grass. <laughs> so yeah. Um, every, all, the whole family goes out to dinner, and uh, we get like this really nice moment between Dean and Carmen, who is his his girlfriend. Where uh, like they're eating something, and she's like, "How about after this, we go and get a burger and stuff like that?" Like this yeah. is very obvious, like fantasy land. And uh, Dean, and, no, excuse me, Sam and Jessica are 
Are they married and pregnant, or are they just married? They just announced their engagement. Their engagement. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, re- I remember this scene specifically because Autumn was watching it, and she's like, if they got to dinner with that ring on her finger, that mom is not doing her yeah. job. Like, that mom would have <laughs> known immediately. Imagine if you brought your girlfriend to your house with a ring on her finger. Like, your mom would know immediately. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I lost my train of thought on this one. But yeah, it's Dean's congratulations of Sam is like overly warm and overly friendly. And Sam's like, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, thanks guy. Like, I'm glad you're happy for me, but like, I don't really know what else to say to you. This is, uh, this is kind of getting a little weird, but then boom, suddenly Dean sees the woman in white again. Yeah. As they're at dinner and like kind of runs over there. And this time the woman in white looks a little bit worse for wear. Like this time we see, she's not kind of that pristine kind of pale white looking, uh, woman. She's, she's obviously like, does not look great. She's kind of modeled and like has yeah. bruises and things like that. So like some bad shit is happening to this chick. Um, and he, of course he she disappears. Really know what's going on. So yeah. yeah. And, and when they get back to the house, uh, like the girls are talking and, uh, Sam like asked Dean, like, Hey, what, what was this deal with this girl? And he's like, Oh, believe me, you know, you, you wouldn't even believe me if I told you, he's like, why don't we all have a drink? Let's all hang out. You know, cause Sam wants to go to bed and Sam's like, Hey ladies, can I talk to my brother? <laughs> and yeah. this is where we hear about all the bad shit that Dean has done to him over the years. And Sam's like, we're not friends. Like we don't, we don't hang out. Like, what is this? What is your, what is your deal? And Which is so gotta be sad. such a bummer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We see Dean and it's like, Dean has this perfect life, but in our reality, Sam is basically the most important person to him and always has been. And so it's kind of heartbreaking to see like, yeah, you know, Sam gets to be happy. You get to have all these things, but the two of you, you got nothing. And it's, it's, it's a little bit heartbreaking. Yeah, it's it's a lot of it heartbreaking is what it is. Um, I just dropped, as we were sitting here talking, I went ahead and got some screenshots of these uh, high school photos. And man, this one of Jensen Ackles. It's, wow, it is bad. It really makes you think that anybody could be a handsome man when they grow up. It's it's almost like what you look and do when you're younger does a no bearing on how you're going to grow up. It's amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you have this picture on hand? Where is this? On your R drive that you can get to it so fast. <laughs> yes, I, I do have it on my R drive. <laughs> <laughs> so so they have this kind of this this conversation it's a little bit sad and this is where you know dean starts to get a little bit bummed out because he he's thinking well i'm in this reality now i would like to to change things with sam maybe now i have a chance to really to really have the perfect life um but he still knows like dean still knows that there's something wrong here dean still knows that there's a girl in trouble and dean still knows that there's a job he has to do even if he doesn't know how to do it just yet or he doesn't have the facilities to do it this conversation with Sam too, where, uh, you know, I think Sam ends it with, you know, we don't really have anything in common, Dean. Like we don't, we don't hang out. And, and Dean says, well, what about hunting? And Sam says, I've never been hunting. And Dean's like, maybe we should go there. Like he's yeah, trying so yeah. desperately to be hanging out with this dude. Um, unfortunately, even after all of like, even after the stuff with Sam, um, he has a really good moment with his girlfriend and like they talk and they're friends and they're whatever. Uh, but then he's like hanging out on his couch, watch drinking a beer, watching TV when he sees our plane, from, way back from season one with the, the, yeah. the demons were taken over. He sees like the aftermath of that. And then he starts doing research and realizing, Oh wait, like all of these people that we saved are, are now dead. Like, you know, they, they talk about like yeah. nine or 10 children getting killed. Like they go through a lot. Like, it's kind of like a little a rogues gallery of all the stuff that they've done, which is really, really neat. Like I like that. Yeah. A lot. It's kind of important almost because I think it's easy to take for granted all the things we do. We make fun of, you know, oh, they, they saved the people, but they forgot to hunt the thing. Like all of these people that the Winchesters have saved, all these people who would have died if they hadn't intervened. It's, it's weird to think about because 
it just seems like they brush it off and they move on to the next thing. Um, but it's nice to be able to see our heroes as heroes sometimes and see, wow, they have had an impact on the world. And in, in a reality where they aren't hunters, all these bad things keep happening. Uh, so it's, it's sad because of, you know, the scenes that come next and Dean's realizations, but it's also like, it's a, it's a nice reminder of, of the things that, that the boys do. Um, but all this, basically leads Dean to John Winchester's grave to have his very, his very sad Dean moments where he reflects on the world he's in now and, and the people he was not able to save. So his idea is to go to the cemetery and talk to his dad's grave and yell at it yeah. a lot about sacrifice and then bust out into tears and then leave. Yeah. <laughs> he's really, he's super emotional right now. Like he's on edge, right? Like he's, he's, he's definitely on, on edge. edge. Cause he's seeing everything he's ever wanted right before his eyes, but it all doesn't quite feel right. Yeah. None of it um, works though. Um, he says some things. I, I took down some quotes and I'm not sure if they happen here or if it's him talking to somebody else, but whatever, but there's a few things. He says, your happiness for all those people's people's lives contest what about us why do we have to sacrifice everything and it's the 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 reiteration of sacrifice and the fact that this is the life he could have had but they are the ones they are the two people on on this planet of course amongst other hunters but like why do they have to shoulder these burdens why didn't they get to just be you know brothers who didn't like each other that much who just you know, had their girlfriends and only saw each other on their mom's birthday. Like, why couldn't that just be their life? Why did they have to be the ones saving the people and hunting the things? Uh, and it's very emotional for Dean, but I think above all else, he still put that family business above his own happiness. Yeah. And this next scene is, is really it's, it's really fun too, because we're returning to something that happened at the very beginning of the show. Um, so after his all this emotional stuff that comes out, we go right back to where Dean was at the very beginning, breaking into where his brother is living to steal something. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> this time, however, there's no extended fight scene because, you know, Sam is a lawyer. He doesn't know Kung Fu at this point because yeah. <laughs> his dad is dead and he didn't get a chance to teach him Kung Fu. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but uh Dean is is stealing silver because like he's now he's kind of remembered like okay I there I am in this Jens thing like uh I I I have got to do something so it's, and he knows that silver will kill this thing. Um and of course, you know, Sam catches him and is like are you stealing from my mom? Like why are you stealing this? And he's like, "Well, I owe money to somebody." Like he's this playing into the stereotype. Story, yeah. yeah. And then um gives the end of the world speech, right? Like he's like, and you know, tell my yeah. mom I love her, tell Carmen I love her, I have to go do this thing, all this stuff, and um and kind of a said, surprising like, something along the lines of of I'm sorry we're not close. Yeah, yeah. And surprisingly, when Dean leaves and goes to get in the Apollo, Sam follows him out there and gets in the car with him and is like, I'm going with you. Like, we may not be friends, but we're brothers, and whatever you're going through, I'm I'm gonna help you out. Um yeah. And As somebody which, who was on Team Sam back in the day, it's like it was a good thing to see me see because he's such a douchebag throughout it. But you're still like, oh wait, there is still a positive quality throughout any reality, but for both of these boys, yeah, it's nice that even in Dean's fantasies, like Sam is still a good brother. Like that would have been shitty yeah. if it wasn't the case, because <laughs> yeah. it's really hard to remember. Like this, there's no external factors here, right? Like this is all inside Dean's mind. Like this yeah. is the thing and that I think Dean it's is crazy to himself. interpret that of like he thinks that he probably thinks that Sam looks down on him. He probably thinks that they argue and don't get along that well, but I think he also probably thinks that Sam would go to bat for him no matter what. 
Yeah, you can, if you wanted to get, like, if you wanted to really break down, like, the writing process here, like, I think that Sam's, the way that Sam is presented in Dean's mind is Dean's insecurity about not going to school, Mm -hmm. about not living that traditional life and taking that away from Sam. Like, I think that's definitely what's happening here. Like, just like with with his girlfriend, which doesn't really have any kind of character work at all, except that he's, she's just literally everything that he thinks is perfect. And uh, so, like, it's, it's just empty. Like, all of this stuff is empty, so... Yeah, I, but I like this. I like that Sam, you know, hooks back up with him and they go start chasing Jen. Uh, <laughs> the scene where Sam is like, oh, what's in this bag? And he's like, trust me, you, you don't want to look into it. And he opens it and it's a fucking bottle of lamb's blood. He's like, ah, what the fuck is this? <laughs> really, really good. Uh, it's fun to see regular Dean playing with uh, Normie Sam. Yeah, absolutely. Like having to explain all of the stuff about Jen and all this other business is just fucking hilarious. He just thinks that Dean is mentally ill. He tries to like call for help, so Dean takes his phone and checks it out the damn window. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's really hilarious. Luckily, with the Verizon service, you can track that phone down really easily uh, by just going to a website at Verizon.com. No, I'm kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> um. So yeah, this he goes back to the warehouse, which the like the world building here is a little weird for me. Like he's driving around in his mind to go to the thing, but uh, whatever I'm, I'm down with it. Yeah. But he goes back to the warehouse and that's where they find these corpses that were hung up, which um, he had seen earlier. Like he, as he was walking around his house, he actually saw some corpses hanging up in his closet briefly, just like he's been seeing this like girl flashes of reality, kind of breaking into like this fantasy world that he's living. And then he realizes very quickly. Well, first they see that Jen comes up and starts like all of these, these women, all of these people that are hanging up are like hooked up to IVs and he's literally like sucking blood out of the IVs, which is yeah. super gross. While they're in this weird dream state. Yeah. And that's, I think this is when it dawns on Dean, like, shit, that's what's happening to me right now, isn't it? Yeah. And that's when he realizes that Sam is actually fake. Um, yeah. So he his idea, like his his get out of jail, get out of gin free card right here is um I'm gonna take this knife, this silver knife that's coated in lamb's blood, and I'm gonna stab myself with it, and that's gonna break this connection. And Sam's like, that doesn't seem like a good idea. And Sam's like and Dean's like, Yeah, I'm gonna do it. And then all of a sudden Mary Winchester shows up, and so does Jessica, and so does Carmen. Yeah. <laughs> this- um, and that's when everybody is that's when they start talking about the sacrifice again. Like it doesn't have to be you. You can be happy here. Just give in to it. Just come with us. You know, he, and he's his protesters like, you know, I'm being I'm dying out there. But like, yeah, but in here, it's going to feel like years. It's going to feel like a lifetime. You get to live your happy life. You get to live your fantasy. And sure, you'll die on the outside. But that also means you don't have to go back to the, that life on the outside. Um, if you had to die, this seems like the most pleasant way to go. Certainly. But, yeah, this is. uh it, it seems like if you're going to do it, like being in this like weird trapped uh, fantasy of your own device of your own making, it would be a good way to go. But of course that's not Dean. Like Dean's never no. going to just let his, his, cause his real brother is out there, right? Like his real right. brother is out there and he's not taking care of him, which is going to fuck with him he, no matter what. Absolutely. And he knows that there's still all these other people he has to save and all these things he has to do. Even the girl he's been seeing flashes up throughout the episode. He knows he has to save her too. Uh, but before we exit the dream, when they're having their heart to heart in the car as Sam's coming along to help him, uh, Dean calls him a bitch. Yeah, there is that their, moment. Their classic, the classic bitch jerk. Uh, <laughs> why, exchange, you me, just, why are you calling me a bitch? A bitch. <laughs> just, why are you calling me a bitch? It's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, so so Dean Dean is hearing all these things. 
And he's like, well, you know, if, if you die in a dream, you you know, you wake up or you can, can't die in your dream, something like that. He thinks that that's going to wake him up by stabbing himself in the chest. And Sam is like, are you sure about this? And that's when he does the, you know, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, pretty sure. 90% sure. <laughs> I, um, I like this, this conversation when all of these, all of these, like, all of his family basically shows up and are trying to convince him to stay in this dream. And uh, like the interplay between Mary Winchester and Dean right here is very, very cool. Like the emotions that he's feeling of like, this is the thing that he's wanted his entire life that he could never let himself actually feel like he wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's a line earlier in it where he says like, you know, that this is a fantasy of things that you want that you didn't, you wouldn't even necessarily said out loud. Like, He's yeah. always wanted his mom back, but of course he wouldn't say that because of the lifestyle that they lead. Um, right. So it, this emotionally charged scene really works. Jared pulls it off very well. The actress that plays Mary Winchester is really good. I like her a lot. Um, appropriately aged to be his mother, which I think is nice. Like, thank you for yeah. not casting a 29 year old in this role. <laughs> <laughs> um, he says, or I wrote down, I think this is some line of dialogue and he says how it's not fair and it hurts like hell, but it's worth it. Like yeah. the job that they do. And I think that's a good, it's a, it's nice again to take a positive view on it because we like to see these boys tortured. We'd like to see them having their emotional breakdowns and their, and then their, you know, their makeups and all these different things. Um, but it's, it's good to know that when you see your, cause you, you get attached to the characters, you're doing a supernatural podcast or you didn't get attached to the characters. You want to see them succeed. You want to see good things happen to them, but we constantly just see bad things happen to them. So it's nice to just hear Dean say, even when all, all painful man tier Dean saying, you know, this isn't fair. This sucks. And it hurts this life that we live. It hurts, but it's worth it because we do good things. And it's nice to have that affirmation again, right before he plunges a dagger into his heart. And, yeah, he wakes up and Sam is there like right there, like has having driven to the warehouse, he wakes up and yeah. Sam is right there. Real Sam in the real world wakes him up and um, they very promptly, promptly do away with the gin, which is nice. Uh, we think that Sam's going to get got by the gin and then Dean has made his way loose, grabbed the knife that Sam had brought and stabs the dude. So he's dead. Yeah. Um, and then they realize that one of the girls, of course, the girl that, Sam, that Dean has been seeing is still alive. So they save mm-hmm. her, which is a, a nice moment of like, you know, that's, that's a very direct <laughs> visualization of the theme of the episode of like, yeah. oh yeah, they saved, saved the girl people. and they yeah. hunted the thing. Like we, we're good. This they is, did it. And Chris, they, there was a lot of family business. There was a whole was lot a of whole it. A whole lot of family business. <laughs> yeah. Um, the aftermath here is pretty good. Like we get our we get our scene. Uh, we very quickly like Dean's looking through a magazine and he sees that um, his favorite beer. There was an advertisement with and the model that was um, in the picture was Carmen, his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. he kind of chuckles to himself of like, of course, this is what I was imagining a beer model like as my girlfriend. Um, but we get another really emotional scene with Dean, who has told Sam all of this, and which I could not believe on a rewatch. I thought that Dean would have kept all of this in, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, he tells Dean every, or excuse me, tells Sam everything that he's seen, and um, is very emotional about it. Like, mom was there. This was this was super hard to leave, and we get this whole sacrifice speech again. Like, we get another version of that, which it seems like it should be too much by this point, having been like the third or fourth time Dean has had a big thing yeah. about this. But it actually works again. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's all done very tastefully uh, for Supernatural, at least. You know, I, I, I think it's all done very tastefully just regardless, it doesn't, not just for the show. Yeah, and this is, and this is good. Um, there's a moment towards the end of his speech where Dean talks about how much they've lost along the way with Jessica and with their mom and with their dad. And um, man, yeah. it just, 
as a as a as a fan of the show and as who has watched you know ten or eleven seasons past this, I just kind of chuckled and I'm like, oh man, you have no idea. Your life is going to get so much worse in the next ten years. It's not fair and it hurts like hell, but it's worth it. it but it's worth it, and uh, and that's the end of the episode. I, uh, we're really again three episodes that don't necessarily play into our our main plot of chasing yellow eyed demons, chasing demons at all, but. Three that do like either really really funny work or really really good character work. So I'm I'm into this. I'm into these three episodes. Yeah. They're very unique episodes, especially you know we have the movie set one, we have a prison set one, and then we have you know dream reality one. Um, and they're not just like regular hunts; they're all taking a big, pretty big twist on the the usual formula, which is fun. Yeah, I've really really enjoyed um, just all of these. The probably the out of these three, the Hollywood one is my favorite, just because of the mm-hmm. humor and all of the like kind of winks at the camera and everything. So okay. I can really really get behind that. Yeah, um, we only have two episodes left in this season, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, it's a two parter. It is. It's uh, what is and should never be. No, 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 I'm sorry. All hell breaks loose. Yeah. That was what this episode was, Jeremy. All hell breaks loose loose part one one and and two. two. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to be finishing up season two next week. Um, a week from today, if you're listening to this on the day of release, uh, as we always do at the end of a season, we want to hear your feedback. So if you have questions or prompts or anything that you would like to ask us or like we or would like for us to discuss, you can email those to us at monsteroftheweekpodcast at gmail.com. We have a contact form at monsteroftheweek.cool, which is our website. Uh, you can also DM us on Twitter, which is at M-O-T-W-Cast, I think. Um, yeah. In any of those ways, I'll, we'll get, make it onto the show, I promise. And uh, get those in as soon as you can. We don't really know when we're recording that yet, but We'll do it when the time comes, basically. Yeah, it'll happen eventually. <laughs> um, if you want to keep up with the show, monsteroftheweek.cool slash schedule. We'll have all of our episodes. As soon as we wrap up with season two, I'll update that for season three. So you guys can watch along with us. In the meantime, thank you, thank you everyone for listening. Chris, where can you be found on the internet? What else do you do besides Monster of the Week? Uh, I do uh, plenty of plenty of things. No, I I, I local bones on Twitter. Uh, I have a podcast called the Chomp Chain Podcast, and uh, I watch Supernatural. Nice. Excellent. And play video games. Lots and lots and of play video games. games. Um, you can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. I do several other podcasts. Um, you might like, if you like this show and you also like the X-Men, you can go to daysoffuturecast.com and hear me and another guy go through every single episode of the animated series from the 90s. <laughs> and also, in between, we do movies and things like that, so it's not just all grueling 90s animation cartoons, because oof, <laughs> oof. It's rough. It's rough out there. Um, we're into season three of that. So like, it's, you know, go check that out. And like, like I said, thank you everyone for listening. We appreciate it. If you have time, go check us out on iTunes, leave a review. It really, really helps us out. More importantly, tell all your supernatural friends. If you're, this is your first episode, you were just checking it out. Uh, go tell everybody that you know that this is a great podcast and make us feel better about ourselves. Cause our self esteem is super low. That would be super great. Yeah. iTunes reviews are like, when do I start begging for them? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, uh, my buddy Cole, every every time it's his birthday, he posts on Twitter like, "Yeah, it's my birthday. You guys don't have to get me anything but iTunes reviews." And I'm like, "It's a pretty good, it's a pretty good grift, Cole Ross. That's good. It's a pretty good move." <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Nice. Yo, straight up though, I just was checking my email. The Persona 5 doesn't come tomorrow.
<laughs> Tell me what you're gonna do, Chris. I'm curious. What are you? Gonna I don't do? know what the fuck I'm gonna do. Are you gonna get? Are you gonna get wild? <laughs> I'm gonna be different. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna be different. All my tweets are gonna be like in italics, just like with one like quippy, like kind of like goth one-liners. I don't have any examples, but um, yeah, I was just, about to say, can I have? Can I hear four examples immediately, please? I'll be like, I'll be like, um, like spring has sprung, but the sun isn't getting any brighter. That's no, that's too even. That's too long. That's too long. That sounds like one of the. Um, have you have you played any near yet? Any near automata yet? No, I haven't. So they do a thing like they do a Dark Souls thing where you find other players' bodies. Um, but they've combined the the corpse thing with the message thing. So every time you find a dead body, you get like a little bit of poetry about oh. how they died. And it was like this robot found a good place to die, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> and they're all just goth as fuck, and they're all great. I love them. You should just like there's there's literally Twitter accounts that do nothing but you know tweet that stuff now. So that's fantastic. Delusion. Oh, you didn't. I just didn't have anything to say. Oh, okay, <laughs> you just got quiet. Um, I was looking at my notes because I'm totally lost in the shuffle of the events of this episode. Are we ready to move on? I don't know why I told that story for so long. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm ready. I've been, I've, I don't know why I'm so out of it. I'm just so fucking stressed about Persona not coming tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> I guess I should go. I'm going to go pee now so that we can just finish this thing out. I'll be right back. Okay. I should have done it before when I said I was going to do it, but I'm an asshole, so I didn't. Yeah. What are you going to do? I'm going to pee. That's what I'm going to (laughs) do. Go pee, Chris. (laughs) Okay, I'm back. It is so damn hot in this room. Oh, shit. Sorry. What did you say? I I just said it was was damn hot. I was listening to Phantom (laughs) Oz. Yeah, normally it's really cold in here, but now it's really warm because it's finally like 60 degrees out today. And, hey, look, um, this isn't Dark Insight. We don't talk about the weather on this podcast. Woo! All right, let's get into it. Let's do it. Episode two, season one, right? Nope. <laughs> I don't fuck. Full, full some blues. Felicia Day just posted a picture of her breast milk on Twitter. What? Why? Why, Felicia? Why, Felicia? <laughs> Why? Why, Felicia? <laughs> uh, that's. I mean, it's it's like frozen, or whatever. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't. I don't. She, she has such an icy heart. She, she has. Yes, exactly right. Let me let me see if I can just. Uh... Did you ever hear that they were trying to make that chick, um, the Winchester sister, at some point? Who's a Winchester sister? The, uh, I don't remember her name, but the chick from season three, the thief or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. That, that was apparently going to be like one of the plot lines, but they had to scuttle it because. Uh, oh, Bella. That was her name. Bella. Yeah. There you go. The girl <laughs> was on The Walking Dead now, right? Is she? Yeah. Good for her. I don't watch The Walking Dead, but I know she's on it. Yeah. I think The Walking Dead is trash. Yep. Same. Hey, hey, same. <laughs> Watched like the first two seasons, and I was like, "This is." Don't put that. Don't put that in the bloopers, though. I know a lot of people who listen to the show. No, fuck it. I don't Dead. look. I'm 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 willing to put myself out there and say that The Walking Dead is a trash show for trash people. Well, Come at me, <laughs> iTunes. I think Supernatural might fall into that category too. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, we should we should talk about that. 
say something about st- uh, Sam Winchester staying in you and you, you know, staying stoned. <laughs> <laughs> you like that, huh? That's a good one. That's so funny. Because <laughs> she was fucking cured and then he stung her. <laughs> and then <laughs> she cured right werewolf. back into your werewolf. Dude, we didn't talk about that. Did Sam's demon blood infect her and so turn her back into a werewolf? <laughs> we'll talk about it now if we have to. God damn. Can demon blood activate, uh, like, anthropoke or whatever you call it? That's 100% what it's called, Jeremy. <laughs> well, he did give her a lycanthropoke, didn't he, didn't he Chris? Lycanthropoke. <laughs> he left her, he, lycanthra stung her, and then she stayed lycanthra stung. Wow. Yep. I spent, I, I did my fucking goth time. I used to get did published in this, goth uh, time. in this zine. That my friend put out. It was just like literally just goth poetry. Uh, it was it's super embarrassing. Oh man, you don't. I could show you embarrassing. I'm looking at Hamlet quotes right now because I was trying to come. I used to fuck. I just came upon the one that said, uh, "To sleep, perchance to dream." I used to say that all the time, and I told Steve that when I die, if I die before you, I want you to have them put "To sleep, perchance to dream." on my gravestone but have it quoted as me saying it not as fucking shakespeare saying it <laughs> <laughs> so i just I'm, I'm wow this got really weird really quick so i know that that twitter is called near-death experience right like oh a, boy yeah i know that that's yeah. a fact so i googled it and number one, the fifth result is don't give up skeleton. So I don't understand how that, like, <laughs> I don't understand what that, uh, uh, but the result under, uh, right under that is from nine volt on Twitter who says, quote, the near butthole is still real to me. God damn it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so good. All right. Yeah. I'm looking up. I just typed in goth quotes and went to Google images. Ooh, that sounds like trouble. My whole life is a dark room, one big dark room. That's with just an image of like a skeletal crow next to it. Um, people fucking goth kids—they don't even get goth. All right, there's a all right. This Green Day lyrics on here. Pff, t- yeah, t- talk to talk to me about Green Day is not goth. <laughs> I don't look. I'm not the gatekeeper for goth, right? Like I'm not going to claim to be that guy, but that is definitely not. I goth. will. I'll claim to be that guy. Okay, good. I'm glad one of us stepped up to there to the point. I bear, no, I don't even like. I've listened to like one Sisters of Mercy album. Like I'm not even that goth. Did you ever? Um, did you ever like? Did you spend any time on Tumblr looking at for like Dark Souls stuff? Like, I may the- have. I can't really remember. I don't. I don't know. It's I don't really know what, f- what times lined up in my life. It's really funny when, because um, I would be like, I just had a tag for Dark Souls, and I would just look through the Dark Souls tag to, you know, find bullshit Dark Souls stuff to mm-hmm. reblog or whatever. And, um, like, it was 85% Dark Souls, and then it was 15% goth chicks posting, like, black and white selfies of themselves. <laughs> oh, saying yeah, that they I know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it is on fucking uh, Instagram, too. At one point, I posted like something about dark souls and i and i use the hashtag dark souls and you know i got a pretty cool instagram account so i went in there i went in, like when you look at the tag it has the top nine posts 
and it was like me and then I think eight goth girls who had, <laughs> nice. who had tagged their photo, unironically, Dark Souls. <laughs> Like, I'm not even that goth.